って僕は今日も書きもして忘れない傷をつけてるんだよ And welcome to the latest episode of Chuchigatri Unlimited Trainworks. I'm your host for this episode, John. Uh, Rose is not here. She is on vacation. Everyone go, uh, you know, tweet at Rose. Say, hey, hope you had a good vacay. I don't know if she'll be home by the time this is out, uh, but, you know, you know whatever. Um, but yeah, I hope, she, I hope Rose is having a nice, relaxing vacation. I think she went to Seattle. Uh, Rose, if, uh, if you hear this before you come back, go, go find some cheap retro games. That is, like, where you go. Seattle is the cheap retro games place. Pick me up a copy of Mock Rider. Um, but anyway, uh, we still have, the rest of us are here to hang out and talk about anime. Uh, Trixie, you are here. Hello. And what a fine, fine voice to hear on the other end of this call. Yeah. I'm glad that you are here. Elevie, you are also here. I'm also here. Hello. Same to you. It is mm-hmm. so nice to hear both of you. And I am excited mm-hmm. to have a fantastic episode of Chuchigatri. So, this time, we are talking about an anime that we all watched together. Uh, we watched Erased... Uh, that was the anime that we uh, told you all to watch. That was our first patron pick. And my goodness, uh, that, that, was, that was from Beryl, if I remember correctly. Beryl, you really knocked it out of the park, uh, in my opinion. I really, really liked Erased. Um, probably one of my favorite shows that we have watched so far Damn. on Chuchigatri. Very high praise. Definitely up there, yeah. Definitely up there. Um... So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about how I felt about it, uh, but what about you two? Uh, Trixie, we can start with you. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Erased, or should I, should I in- introduce it a little more? Maybe I should introduce it You probably it a little should more. surmise it's, it, yes. <laughs> it, I am, I'm not used to posting it. It's been, <laughs> this is Rose's This is a great really. show, but we don't know what it's about. <laughs> we, don't know, we, we forget. So, Erased is a show. Okay. Erased is one of those animes. Uh, it is about a, uh, guy, I'm gonna have to look up his name, because so, it is... Satoru, Satoru. Satoru, okay. Satoru, yes. yeah. Um, Satoru, who has just the power to, uh, like, go back in time and, uh, change the past in order to, like, save people's lives. Uh, he calls it revival. Um, initially, or for most of the time... It just seems to be, like, a very short amount of time. Like, when they introduce it, it's, like, his life just kind of loops for the same, like, maybe 15 seconds or so. And then he has to figure out what the problem is and then stop it. And then then it stops looping. So, you know, for example, the first time it shows that a truck driver, like, had a heart attack and died and was about to run someone over. So he has to, like, 
swerve the truck out of the way and save the person who was going to get run over. Um, and so, yeah, this is just something that I guess happens to him over and over again. And at some point in the past, he was kind of sort of involved in this serial murder case. Um, like a bunch of girls that he knew in elementary school or just girls that were like around the area uh, got like kidnapped and murdered. And this like younger, like 20 something year old dude got blamed for it. And, uh, like, everyone was like, no, it was definitely not him. He was just this nice dude that helped us out. Like, they, they were trying to pin him as, like, a like an abuser, as, like, a pedophile. And, like, he was just, you know, a guy that was being nice to the kids at the park. Yeah. Um, but so... He's, like, still kind of digging into the, the history of this case. He still wants to solve it because he feels so bad about it. And his mom, who used to be a newscaster was also, like, helping him look into it and, like, you know, just helping him out with everything. And because she, like, kind of sort of prevented a kidnapping at the at the supermarket that they were at because they she, like, saw a guy, like, abducting a girl and he, like, you know, like, left her behind, that guy hunts her down and kills his mom. And so he stumbles upon the scene and gets blamed for it. And as he's running... His revival kicks in, and it doesn't just go back in time a little bit. He goes back to being a kid, like, before the serial killings take place. And so now he has the the, the foresight of his uh, older self, but he's still the his young self. He is, he's, a, he's, like, a, what, like, in middle school or in elementary school? Okay, yeah, he's, he's, in like, elementary he's school. like an elementary school kid, yeah. Yeah. And he is doing his best to try to save the, the the people that are getting killed in this serial killing case, uh, and and that that is where that's where it picks up. That is like the first episode of that show. So that's that's a lot for one first episode, and then it just keeps going. Yeah, it really so, does. So uh, yeah, okay. Now now we can hit Trixie. How did you feel about Erased? I liked Erased. Uh, I rewatched it uh, over the past few days before the recording, and I definitely liked it more the second time I watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I was into it. Uh, it certainly presented itself as like a murder mystery at first, but then shifted gears uh, suddenly into a drama sort of thing, which uh, I didn't mind. Uh, the tonal genre shift that much. Uh, I was, I was really into it. I especially uh, thought all the characters were really well developed uh, and really well written. Uh, special shout out to uh, Satoru's friend uh, Kenya, who is way too mature for his age, but <laughs> because he's written, he's so great. Yeah, he's written so well that like it doesn't even. It's not even a flaw, really. Uh, it, it was quite a ride. It definitely, it definitely made me cry a couple times when I wasn't expecting it. Uh, especially mm. anything to do with, uh, Satoru's, uh, mom, who is the best anime mom of all time. She is. <laughs> like, definitely is. I can't think of an anime mom who's more supporting and 
loving than her, honestly. Yeah, I loved just how often she just... Like, she has that, like, motherly wisdom where... And and not not only that, but she also like knows like yeah I'm I'm gonna help out, but I'm also not gonna pry because if I pry too much, he's gonna back off. Like I know he's doing he's doing the right thing. I know my son. I just want to support him. Yeah. So it's it's really cute. It's so wholesome. I wasn't even expecting that, especially since uh, I knew going into the show it would deal heavily with themes of child abuse, which uh, certainly. Uh, even knowing what it was about, it really caught me off guard, like, how much they were willing to show and delve into it. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, take it as a surface level sort of thing. Personally, I thought they treated it, like, as as well as they could have. Um, you know, like, I, I felt like they, you know, they didn't, they didn't like, cheapen it. They, they made sure to show, like, hey... It, this is an awful thing that's going on, and these these people, these these children that are in this situation, they need to get out of there. And it's it was a really really heavy subject, but I thought it was handled well. And I'm just I'm just thinking about how like heartbreaking just watching um just just watching uh Kayo, I, th- I think is the the yeah. girl's mm-hmm. name. Yeah, the girls, the just watching her like as as she's getting treated better, she's just not used to it, and it's so sad. Like the I think the the most heartbreaking scene of that show, but also like maybe the the like nicest and most heartwarming as well is when Kayo like stays over at Satoru's place for a night, and she wakes up and. You know, they're just having their breakfast, you know, like, Satoru and his mom are just eating breakfast, and she sees that she has a breakfast, too, and it is this, like, full, like, healthy breakfast, and she just does not believe that that is for her, and she just starts crying, because she's not used to eating God, something yeah. like that. It, it, yeah, like, that, that scene, like, meant so much, like, it, just watching that, I was, like, bawling watching that, I was like, oh my god, that, that, it got me really good, yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's a fantastic show. Um, and I, I, I also really like how well it jumps between the, like, present day and the past as well. Because there's a point where, um, Satoru kind of, like, he kind of sort of fails his mission in a sense. Yeah. Like, through one go-around, and then he ends up having to go back. And it's just really interesting, like, seeing him, like go to the present be like all right i figured it out and then like him slowly realizing like no oh no i didn't figure it out oh no and you know him having to deal with that and still running from the police and then this last desperate moment he barely pulls it off he barely goes back and he's like okay now i can do it now i can figure it out the way they play with aspect ratios in the show as well is really good yeah i I am yeah. a big fan of how they use it to indicate uh, time periods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say my biggest complaint uh, with the show, and really like the most substantial one, uh, sure. is uh, the antagonist, so to speak. Uh, 
Um, before we get into that, yeah. I'm gonna say we should we should ask Elvi how mm-hmm. how she feels because then we can kind of go a little oh, bit yeah, deeper absolutely. into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elvi, how did you feel about Erased? Yeah, this is like my second viewing of it. It's still yeah, it's, it depicts a very hard topic, realistically um, and grounded. As both of you have already said, like I think the way they handle it too was very sensitive as well i i kind of you know talking about kayo who's the kind of the main child who's at the crux of this circle of unfortunately abuse and like murder and all that in in, in this case that um satoru's like investigating um like it's also you know they they went out of their way to also show abuse is cyclical like the whole thing in regards you know her mother is awful you know like point blank her mother is awful but it, it goes out of her way too to show that this probably was also an indirect effect of her being abused by her husband who left her. And that whole thing where like her mother breaks down and like, you know, eventually, you know, Kaya's taken away and eventually finally has a better place in her life after that whole de- ordeal. I just, I just remember that scene being a very, like a very strong thing. And like, you know, yeah. basically when the protective services, you know, are trying to like deal with it. Like, I just remember that sequence of events was like skyrocketing my anxiety. Like, oh, shoot, is she not gonna-? even though I knew what happened. Like, this was my second viewing. I was I still remember. <laughs> and yeah, like, like, it's especially enhanced by the fact that this show is also production wise. It's beautiful. It's well animated. Like the art style is um, it's, it's definitely unique. It's not like it's not like something I've seen before in terms of how characters are depicted and look like. Like everyone is pretty unique in how they look. Um there are a lot of interesting shots where they literally just wrote or they do this false illusion effect of like, Oh, we're going to rotate the camera, but it's like, it's drawing. And like, they had no reason to do it, but they did it in like a lot of scenes and it looked cool where like they do this like kind of fake, fake 3d effect with environment. But no, I'm pretty sure that's all like part, you know, partly hand drawn. There isn't like a lot of CGI used in this, or at least not obviously, you know, if CGI is used as in 3d, um, animation you know everything's technically cgi um as in 3d like modeling it's not obvious and they've done it well like this the show is not that old but it kind of was before the crux of like now now cgi is used in a lot of anime and it's too obvious sometimes it's clear where like you Mm -hmm. know they didn't know how to use it but no yeah overall i really um i really think this is a great show i definitely do have a little um i do have like some issues with it in terms of like some character development and you know some character development problems and i think I think it's a result of also development issues in regards to the, um, not the universe, but like kind of the bigger story as a whole. Um, and, uh, so for instance, I wish a little more time was spent. Well, let let me backtrack. So the thing about, you know, Satoru in his present day life as an adult, he is a part-timer at like a pizza delivery shop. Right. And, you know, and that's kind of depicted as like, you know, a bad thing. It's not depicted as, like, a normal thing. It's depicted as a bad thing. Like, you know, he's, like, in his, like, 20s, and it's clear he's not happy, you know, but meanwhile, he has this interesting ability, and he's like, oh, okay, you know, he's, you know, he keeps it to himself. He's not telling anyone. He's he's trying not to be a hero. And what's great about Satoru is that, like, I think he's really excellently portrayed as a honestly selfless character, and I really like that. I think I remember the first time, like, I watched the series, I was kind of worried that it would accidentally go into the trope of, like, oh, this guy has to now save all these girls, and he's kind of, like, you know, he kind of, like, indirectly is doing it for himself, but no, I, so Toru's kind of, honestly, a genuinely good person, and he really wants to selflessly do this, and, like, you know, he keeps holding himself back in terms of, like, you know, Kaya, and there's, like, all this hesitation, but yeah, anyway, back to his adult life, like, you know, I wish there was, like, more emphasis on that, just to see, 
or more time spent on it in like in like a normal manner. Like yeah, again, we, the way you describe the summary is like all that happened in the first episode. He literally like <laughs> the, the the main crux of all the events of him like time traveling back to being a child that happens the first episode. That is the entirety of the series essentially. I wish there was more time spent showing his powers coming into play in more mundane events just to kind of get a feel of what that was because we only see it in that truck accident, and that was kind of it. But I would, and, you know, I would, and it it kind of yeah. comes up in that kidnapping. Yeah, yeah thing it does. His mom stops, but like, yeah. you know, it's it's very like brief, and yeah. he's right. not even like actively involved with it. Right. Know? Yeah. It's like more of a plot device for the time travel uh, yeah. aspect rather than its own actual like focus of the show, mm-hmm. which which can be fine in its own way. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, it's like, I don't need to know if, like, oh, do other people in this universe have... Like, you know, no, I think it's fine that it's very focused on um, Satoru and, like, oh, the fact that he has to deal with this interesting thing to him. Otherwise, he has a pretty uneventful life that he wished was better. Um, yeah, and his relationship with his mom is excellent. But again, it's kind of depicted as a negative thing. And, you know, for, for, for so-and-so reasons, as I said, like, you know, it's not, it's not bad that he lives with his mom. and he's But it's the fact that, like, it seems... Well, you know, it's showing him being dependent on his mom because he has no choice or, like, he has no ambition. And, like, you know, it's, it's really this power and, like, the events that happen in this series that really push him to understand, like, you know, I can I, – I have so much capability in, like, helping people. Like, I can do so much more. And that, you know, and then eventually, you know, leads him to leaving a better life in the end. Um, what I didn't – yeah, so, like, you know, again, back to his adult life. What really – my main issue with the fact that they didn't emphasize a lot in his adult life was that I had a lot of issues with the character of – Irie, which is his high school coworker, and she's kind of made out to be this really important character. And towards the end, and, I, and you know, like like when he when he jumps back to his adult life, she's the only one who believes in him, and she's the only one who's really she's 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 wonderful as her own thing. But like in terms mm-hmm. of like how they used her as a plot device, and in, in, in terms of inspiring him, I don't think she was developed well enough for me to care about her. Like, she's yeah. the only, yeah, she's the only one who believed in him in terms of him being framed for the murder of his mom. And, like, that was wonderful. But I didn't, I don't know much about her beyond that. And there's constantly this weird thing where he's like, oh, she's a high school girl. I don't, you know, I don't want me. But in the end, like, the, the series kind of leans in that direction of maybe them being romantically. It's not, it's a little ambiguous, but I'm pretty sure that's where it is. And that, that's weird, even though his character is like, no, I don't want to do that with her, et cetera, et cetera. But she becomes that important character in the end for some reason when, like, she's barely brought up, like, in a good chunk of the series. Like, if there yeah. were more times where she was referenced, I think that would make sense. But it was a little weird, especially since most of the series was focusing on Kayo, which is his, yeah. the, the friend in the childhood. Um... So that was mostly my issue with in terms of like maybe like there was there should have been more on her like she I I don't, I don't know like like I like I, I it could have like it could have been she could have probably not have been needed in this story or she could have been developed more like I, those are my two suggestions as to like in dealing with her you know yeah so uh, from from what I can gather she is a lot more uh, important in the manga. Right, yeah. That's what so, I read, too, yeah. Yeah, and then the, the, the other thing that I think is really funny, um, like, to, to start to go into the ending, um, the, like, last shot of that show is because things happen, uh, we will get into what those things are, but things happen mm-hmm. during the events of, of his second revival, mm-hmm. when he goes back in time to his childhood, and he ends up having a very different adult life. 
And because of that, he never meets Irie. Like, he remembers her, but they never actually meet. But then the last shot is, like, them just running into each other and Under her just being like, hey, yeah. how's it going? Let's be um, friends. And him just mm-hmm. being like, yeah, let's be friends. Like, it's so weird. Mm. Like, that's supposed to be, like, this big payoff moment of them meeting back up. And I was just kind of like, all right, I guess. Sure, whatever. <laughs> But yeah, we can, we can get into the ending. So what ends up happening is uh, on his second revival, he does end up saving everyone that uh, was originally killed in the, uh, in the serial killings. And because of that, the actual serial killer ends up like noticing that he's doing it. And it turns out that the whole time, big spoilery, here we go, folks. Uh, is that the serial killer is their homeroom teacher who's Damn. been kidnapping and killing all these kids for 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 ages i don't i don't know if he's like uh, been killing for like years and years but he definitely killed those three um yeah so he ends up uh he ends up kidnapping satoru and drowning him in a lake and Instead of fully dying, Satoru ends up being in a coma and losing all of his memories. And while he was in the coma, his mom, like, basically, like, just, like, full-time took care of him. And, uh, you know, made made sure that he was not, like, like, completely ruined by the coma. Like, he was able to recover. And so the in the the last few episodes is him like recovering from the coma and remembering his remembering the past, but also the homeroom teacher is like still like really obsessed with him. He is like constantly visiting him. He is like always watching, but he's not killing him because he just feels like it's it's like this fucking Batman and Joker thing. Like yeah, that is literally the thing. Really, that is literally what I thought of. I was just like, he just doesn't want Satoru to die because Satoru became, like, the greatest challenge in his life. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to lose that challenge. Um, but then eventually he decides that he wants to kill Satoru. But Satoru tricked him and survived getting thrown off the roof and then ended up, you know they found out that he that he actually did kill a bunch of people and all that um it's it's quite the ride of an ending honestly mm-hmm. uh i guess i guess my biggest issue with uh the villain is that or uh yes what's his name again yashiro uh, gaku yashiro yeah yashiro is like he's i won't exactly fault uh the character i guess because they did the best they could and they even toned it down compared to the manga uh mm-hmm. but it's like i don't know he he's not really well developed even among the cast and it's just it it comes off as like evil for being evil's sake honestly and completely felt un- mm-hmm. totally unbelievable after uh satoru woke up from a coma like the whole batman versus joker situation like mm-hmm. that's exactly what i thought of it but none like 
a positive way, I guess. It was a little forced. It was like he had every ch- he had every chance to kill him. There was nothing yeah, stopping. Yeah, it got silly. Yeah. It got silly. Yeah, like that. Like that. That I, I feel like the future. Like the future. Like the the like him coming back in the coma. That was probably the weakest part of the show. Like everything before that was just like completely engrossing. Like I was super invested in it, uh-huh. and I didn't hate the ending, uh-huh. but it definitely felt like they just wanted to wrap it up. They wrapped they it like, up. Well, yeah. What we'll this say is what we could do. That I really did like the twist of him being in a coma and then waking up all those years later because it was his last revival. Like that was a direction I didn't expect the show to take, and it was interesting for sure. But mm-hmm. I think Yashiro, like, being a weird sort of villain just made it, like, feel more ineffective than it probably could have been. What was really strong, though, about, like, those last episodes when he first wakes up and he he's, you know, trying to regain his memories. And, yeah, the big thing about it is that he forgets the identity that he forgets. He, he forgets his teacher's identity in terms of, like, oh my teacher is the fucking weird, crazy killer, you know, and he forgets all that, and that's, like, a big crucial thing. He also forgets the significance, I think, of, like, the impact he has made. What was very strong, though, honestly, was, like, they, in the anime, they switched his child voice with his adult voice in his head, and oh, I thought yeah. that was a very clever thing in terms of, like, you know, him reviving and him going back in the past as a child, but he still has an adult mind. His memory yeah. now is no erase. So he literally thinks he woke up as a kid, mm-hmm. but now he's waking up as an adult. But the reality, the fact that we know is that he actually, you know, it's like this confusing thing. And I think that was a very clever decision that they did with anime. Mm-hmm. Um, what I also, um, you know, just to add on to the fact that the killer is not developed. Yeah, like, um, they could have, like, again, this is my issue with Irie, and I, I guess this is the fall of the anime, but again, I, I have not read the manga, so I'm not sure how his character is but um they could have sprinkled in a little more in regards to you know you know and that's really fucked up you know he was their homeroom teacher that that's really fucked. that in itself is fucked up he's a he's a teacher teaching young children he's doing these horrible things and that already kind of has a strong impact like i felt like there could have been more and like i noticed that i noticed the teachers i noticed his presence as a teacher was a was increased a little you know it was increasing a little bit more and more towards the later series but i feel like that could have been enhanced just a little bit, just to see, like, you know, just just to give this false sense of security. I feel like, you know, just from a storytelling perspective, you know, because in reality, yeah, yeah there's like a lot of murderers and horrible people that do these things without a proper reason. They just do it because they can, you know. And yeah. realistically, that would happen. But right, like, he kind of became a little too cartoony to end, especially with his rationale of just not getting rid of Sartor right away. It became it, like his logic just really became like yeah cartoon villain like joker batman it didn't it didn't really make sense with the rational of the rest of the series you know for him to be suddenly really miffed by this kid outsmarting him like where is he like where is this coming from yeah Mm -hmm. um what was really i and i think what else was but otherwise what i felt was really strong about those final episodes was really you know so true so 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 toru sorry not you know like all his friends 
that he ended up saving adult, you know, as adults later coming back and like they're thanking him and he doesn't realize the impact of that. That was very emotional and very powerful. Um, you know, they they generally are grateful for him, but he doesn't remember it. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really interesting, right? Um, I know this is a very divisive thing, you know, in terms of the people who watched and read this series, right? But the, in terms of like Kayo not ending up with him, I thought that was like pretty low, you know, but also that is realistic, right? Like, you know, they had such a distance together and like, I don't, you know, you change as you grow up. I did, I did, I did think it was weird though. She ended up with a supporting character and she probably should have just not, with an existing character um because that didn't make yeah, sense yeah because it's so funny because like yeah like she not she moved away she was yeah. not in that city anymore yeah that, that makes sense that, like, she would not yeah like within those years did she move back to that city did, like how yeah. did she like start dating this guy like it's such a weird coincidence thing and it just yeah like, i ended up just like laughing at it because the, yeah, those those two characters as kids never really interacted they a lot never you know interact. yeah they never really interacted and it would it, it, it would have made more sense if she ended up with someone who is unknown to the group right it, 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 yeah. it's a, that's why i can see why people felt insulted by that like why are you ended up with a minor character who wasn't i mean hiromi was one of the victims but like he wasn't like, he, he didn't interact with this girl yeah it would have at least made a little bit more sense if she ended up with, like, Kenya. Kenya, yeah. <laughs> I found it pretty so funny weird. that, like, just Satoru high-fiving Kaya's baby was the whole thing that brought back oh, his <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The baby. Yeah. Yeah, again, there's, like, a lot of things they did that make sense from a real- realistic perspective. Like, yeah, like, sometimes things are just unpredictable. But from a storytelling perspective, as someone who's, like, a viewer, it doesn't make sense, you know? Like, a plot twist doesn't make sense if there's nothing foreshadowing the plot twist. You know, you go back and do the second viewing, and it's like, oh, whoa, that's actually clever. Like, that, this, was <laughs> this was something that doesn't really have, like, a lot of, like, thoughts. I don't know. It, it's definitely a random decision, I feel like. You know, it's like, why... Yeah, it could have been better. Um, I, 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 I kind of feel like straight up, I think the author just went like, who should she end up with that would be the most out of left field mm-hmm. of the characters? That yeah, is this like an intentional ups- <laughs> like troll decision? Yeah. I don't understand. It's very weird. Um, it is weird, yeah. but you know, whatever. I the other the other thing that I thought was kind of weird was uh, like. The show starts out as, like, with the pretense of being a murder mystery, since Satoru has to figure out who killed uh, the kids. But, like, mm-hmm. by episode three or four, they already strongly hint at Yashiro being the killer. And that's where, like, it shifts genre, so to speak. Which, I guess, there wasn't, like, many other options, uh, realistically speaking. But it's still, mm-hmm. like... I don't think they had to tip their hand too early, or I don't know if they didn't tip their hand too early, and I was just, like, suspecting him from the beginning, logically speaking, but... You, you, you might have expected it a little early, because I didn't pick up on it until, like, maybe, like, halfway through, I would say? Like, I mean, I figured it out, but it wasn't, like, as fast as you were saying, which, you know, I mean, you know, different people yeah, pick up that's on different fair. things, but yeah, like I was still kind of just like I don't really know who this is. But then, I I feel like as he got more involved, he just got more and more suspicious as time went on. And I just oh, felt definitely. like he's definitely trying to do something here. And then it just became really apparent. Like I feel like around the around the time when they got Kayo out, 
I think that's when I was like, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely the killer because there was no reason why he had to be there at, like the child protective services like check in like you know yeah definitely. But no, I I, I still really liked it. Uh, Same. Just a just a mm-hmm. really well paced like mystery mm-hmm. drama. Um, some really amazing character moments. Fantastic music. Oh yeah, uh, the ending theme is wonderful. It's like it's, very. So is the opening, you know. Yeah, it, it is. Both oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, I forgot to mention, like the episode, you know, the episode after he falls in the water and he's missing, he is erased from the opening. I like got so that. Weird. I was like, oh fuck that! Like you know, it's like oh that's that's some good shit right there. I appreciate Super that. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. It, it, like and I, I I like made myself watch the opening because usually I like. Um, I usually, I sometimes skip the opening, like, you know, if it's like, you know, even if the song is good, sometimes like, you know, I just need to watch the episode, let me watch it, right? But like, I, I, I made myself watch that opening with him missing, and it's like, wow, this is fucked up, you know? And like, mm-hmm. like, it's like the impact this character had on like everyone's lives, and he was just not there the whole time, you know, it's just, it, there's like this added layer of sadness, like you know, in the end, though, he, he lost his own childhood, basically, you know, and in his own self was act of trying to help everyone else. But mm-hmm. in the end, he managed to get that. Well, not, he didn't get it back, but in the end, he managed to have now a renewed friendship with all these people as an, you know, as an adult that he didn't have. And, you know, that's sort of is what make is, is what is making up for it. And that's pretty beautiful. That's pretty great. <laughs> Well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, does anyone have any other, uh, mentions about erased? Uh, does anyone else have anything else to say? I will say that I think that uh, some of the weaknesses with uh, the supporting cast, like Irie just being there, yeah. and like uh, Yashiro <laughs> uh-huh. being like a pointless, or not pointless, but rather uh, an, an exaggerated villain, so to speak. I think it's a. Uh, I think they're fine as plot devices, especially since it's like focused around a theme of authority figures, like being trustworthy or not being trustworthy based on their actions like as plot devices i think they're fine ultimately like the show the show manages to carry its uh Mm -hmm. premise and main cast so well that even plot device characters uh don't bring it down too much in my opinion Mm -hmm. such a good show yeah agreed Uh, i feel like it has like a lot of strong things about it that no, you know, at least at least those flaws aren't. You, you know, if something's really bad, like the flaws really should. And, and at least in this case, the, the show is, the series is very strong in every other parts that I, I think those flaws can be forgivable. Um, but nonetheless, they are there. <laughs> but it's not it's not hurting the show. I feel like in such a it's such a you know such a huge way. It's it's a very strong series and should be recommended. I think for people to try out if they so want to. Yeah, definitely worth a rewatch as well if you're. If you feel up to it, uh, despite how heavy it is, uh, definitely mm-hmm. grow on me the second time. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess we can uh, we can move on here. Um, uh, bef- now I know you all are wondering, John. What about Rose? Well, let me just read real quick the first paragraph of what Rose wrote on her little uh, anime impressions document here. Uh, hi, it's me, Rose, from vacation. I didn't actually get to watch Erased uh, because of having a very hectic month. 
so she didn't watch it. <laughs> Very understandable. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but she did watch other stuff, so I will um I, I will be sprinkling some of her impressions throughout the rest of the show. Uh, I'm not going to just dump them all out. I think it'd be more fun to to read them as we go, because you know it'd be like Rose is here with us. Hell yeah. Um. So. Uh, I, I, but before we move on, I'm going to read some of the opinions that were sent in by you, the fans, about Erased. Uh, again, if you want to send in opinions or questions, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to do it just on the day of. Feel free to send stuff in. It's videogamechoochoo.tumbo.com slash ask. We will absolutely be able to be able to tell if they're about anime or video games, because we have, we all have good reading comprehension on this website. Uh, Gregory Zero says, uh... Flexin in here using the Japanese name uh, Boku Dake ga Inai Machi was a fantastic <laughs> watch. Far more compelling than I expected it to be. The show establishes much of what it's working with from the get go, yeah, as we said, <laughs> and slow burns itself in an, an incredibly satisfying way. In this way, I found it to be much more of a drama than a mystery you would expect it to be going in. Also, more excuses to listen to Asian Kung Fu Generation is always a welcome thing, as the theme mm-hmm. song Re Re mm-hmm. slaps really hard. It's all true. It's all Very true. true. No lies. No lies in this in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harlequin Wheels says, I remember watching Erased week by week as it was airing, and I definitely remember the agonizing wait between each cliffhanger every week. God, I can't imagine watching this week by <laughs> oh, week. Yeah, oh my god. I- I have to quickly interject with a personal gripe about the cliffhangers in the show that I totally forgot. Sure. Because episode three's cliffhanger was Kenya uh, meeting with Yashiro in mm-hmm. after school in the dark for no reason, and they never. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It. It's the worst cliffhanger I've seen in a while. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I can't imagine having to sit on that for a whole week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say, because usually when we're watching a show for for uh, anime, for the anime month, after the month, I usually sprinkle it over, like, a week or two. You know, I'll just, like, I'll watch an episode or two here, then I'll, you know, watch another episode the next day. I watched all of Erased in, like, three days. Uh, I blew <laughs> nice. through it. And I, and I probably would have watched it all in, like, one sitting if I wasn't, like, you know, doing schoolwork and shit. So, yeah, this was engrossing and i would have died having to watch that week by week (laughs) uh so to continue with what wheel said the hook of the first episode was so strong that i managed to get a few friends and even family to watch along but i remember most of them being pretty cool in the ending which i enjoyed since then i haven't seen any psychological mysteries quite like it so any recommendations would be appreciated i guess we'll, we'll kind of wrap that in here uh do you all have any uh any good psychological mystery shows uh, anime or even otherwise i think we could just drop some other stuff as well my answer Ooh. to this is always lane which is okay. yeah yeah there we go which i'm i'm pretty sure wheels watch that with us too <laughs> so you know i'm i'm sure but if you're hopping on a little later you know if you didn't watch lane go watch lane you know see how you feel about it that's de- that's definitely a good answer I don't know if I have any, but, you know, if, if you're listening and you have a recommendation, feel free to send them in. We, we would love recommendations, not even just for the podcast, but if you just want to say, hey, Wheels, watch this, we can, we can be that catalyst. You know, that'd be fun. 
I do think right. that um, I still stand by like I do like the concept of psychopaths, but like just just watch season one and that's it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> just watch season one and that's it season two is not great a lot of people and i agree it's not it's not it's not really great um apparently there's another season coming up i don't know oh, how boy. that's gonna work but yeah whatever i think i, I, think I, saw I don't know how that's gonna work <laughs> i think i saw someone on <laughs> twitter just being like hang on a second there's a third season of psychopaths coming yeah, nobody said understand. anything about this <laughs> apparently the director from the first psychopaths is returning for that one so Maybe uh, it'll okay. be. maybe it's the maybe what it was that like the the quality was because different hands and totally yeah. well I guess uh-huh. we'll, I guess we'll find out. All right, uh, I think it's time for us to talk about other stuff that we watched this anime uh, Fortnite. Um, I need to be careful what I say uh, saying <laughs> anime, anime Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Sounds like a dream crossover. Please. <laughs> Uh, sure let's, a video. Yeah, let's see. Your uh, you, you, yeah, you watched the most stuff. I feel like. Well, you uh-huh. and Rose, but well, let's let's have you. Let's let's hit you first. <laughs> Rose is not here. <laughs> we have her impressions. Okay. Rose is here in spirit. Mm-hmm, but LV, you first. Okay. I'm What's gonna start up? with something with something nice because you know, yeah. like erase is a heavy topic and. Everything else I saw this week swerved into some fucked up shit, and I'm like, okay, I'll start off with Carol on Tuesday. Oh my gosh, it's finally on Netflix for the US release. Please watch it, because it's pretty good, and Netflix is doing it a dirty again, doing mm-hmm. its animation section a dirty by not marketing it well. But anyway, I'm going to go in. Um, this is a you know Watanabe you know, joint, you know, made Cowboy Bebop, Space Day, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. all that good stuff, right? All, the, all them classics. And, um, you know, all of the series he's directed has some sort of music theme to it. And then Carol on Tuesday specifically is about music. Well, Kids on the Slope is about music. But Carol on the Tuesday is specifically about... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting commentary on the music, the pop music entertainment industry, actually. So the series is, a, um, you know, not too far off in the future. I believe, I think they're in the 21st century. But they're in Mars. Oh, whoa. They're on a terraformed, colonized Mars. It's com- it just looks like Earth. You know, it has some futuristic elements to it. Um... It just looks like Earth, but they're on Mars. Anyway, it's about these two girls, you know, unlikely girls who meet up, become friends, and they're like, you know, we want to make some cool music together. And then they end up meeting, like, this guy who used to be, like, a, man, you know, a music manager. And this, um, they, they meet these two fellows that end up helping them along the way to get their way into show business in a world where electronic music is a very dominant thing in the industry at this point in time and in this world. And there's a whole thing about music in this world um and this is something actually explore is being explored in our world today right you know the idea of like ai generated music you know not but not vocaloid that's very different you know that's a synth- you know that, yeah. that's a tool technically um but more so about the fact that like you know instead of writers can ai bots like actually you know write music and like can they can they um generate the emotions of like humans when it comes to writing lyrics etc mm-hmm. so um, Carol is basically an orphan girl. Like she is an Earth refugee. Um, she, she, from what she knows of her life, is she was abandoned at some church. And you know, she, here she is. She's like both of the girls are like you know teenagers. Here she is, you know, just surviving, getting by. She was in a, a nice apartment. Though. I don't know how that works, but anyway, she, she's getting by, like jumping around between odd jobs. She keep she keeps getting fired because she just she just keeps messing up on very basic things like one of her jobs was basically being like a paid funeral mourner and she messed up because she just started laughing and didn't know how to do it you know (laughs) stuff like that it's very silly it's very funny um and she plays the keyboard you know 
all that. But you know, on the side, yeah, she just street performs. Um, Tuesday, um, the blonde girl, she ran away from like you know she's a rich girl. She ran away from her upbringing, though. You know, for whatever reason, you know, later she re- she reveals that she just had very dissatisfactory living conditions. She felt very rejected from her family for wanting to pursue entertainment and all that. So basically, she just ran she she just ran away from home, hopped on the train, and got to the city. And ended up running into Carol, you know, Carol, and they're like, "Oh shoot, yeah, we both play music, and it's very cute and wholesome. Um, they have a really cute friendship and all that." Um, and yeah, again, the two meet these uh, two guys who uh, stumble upon them because they just decide to perform randomly, and like a video of theirs went viral um, of them performing, and a lot of people liked it, and they got noticed by these two guys who are now like helping them um, get their start and, and get their start and become famous, like. Uh, a lot. There's like a. The series starts off. Um, well, I finished the first half I, of the series. I think there's going to be 24 episodes yes. total. So I finished the first 12. So that's technically the first act. Um, and um, they're, um, you know, their self-proclaimed manager Gus, who's a, you know, he's like an old guy, and he's actually genuinely nice and really cares about them. He, um, he's like an old timer, and then. What's his name? Roddy. Roddy, yeah, Roddy, yeah, Roddy. The, another guy who like helps them with their social media presence, um, <laughs> and he's the one who kind of caught them on like a viral video, and, sh- and he's friends with Gus, etc. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really good series. It's it's really a feel good series. Um, I've been really into like honestly pop music lately. I've been listening to a lot of Britney Spears. I don't know. Like I've been, <laughs> I've oh yeah, like I've been, and like a lot of the references and things the series like you know parodies is really it's it doesn't feel it doesn't feel mean-spirited it feels very light-hearted it doesn't feel forced like a lot of times it's very light and you know and if you're into pop music at or at least very in tune with like the music industry it's really funny a lot of times um there's one particular character he's like a big deal electronic dj um named uh what's his name uh eric to gun eric art gun i don't know i don't know how to pronounce it <laughs> i've been but he's like a hot shot and he's kind of like a cold of you know a cold of personality figure and it, it, he's like it's, he's kind of poking fun at like how a lot of entertain you know like an entertainer gain in over their heads and he kind of thinks he's like the shit etc it's, it's really funny um and like in the background you know meanwhile there's this um supermodel named angela who wants to get in the music biz and she's kind of like the foil to these two girls who have very genuine and wholesome intentions of just wanting to get music whereas angela wants to skyrocket her career and you know move on to the next big thing you know whereas angela has problems of her own where she was kind of raised in a really upsetting you know abusive conditions by her you know by her adoptive mother who's also slash her manager um and you know they have they run into this conflict. Eventually, you know the, the the first half of the series, from what I watched, towards the end, they they end up realizing you know all the, you know like basically most of the episodes they're like we realizing you know all these things that we're trying to do like oh let's make a viral video like oh or let's film a music video like none of them work basically. Long story short, um, and they realize you know the easiest way to do this is let's enter a reality singing you know let's enter a reality show singing competition, which is the you know like American Idol. It's it's kind of poking fun at that. Um, and that it kind of leads up to that, and like that's where the first half ends, um, essentially. And and of course they end up like showdown, you know, with Angela, etc., who kind of sees them as a, like a rival and getting in the way. But of course Angela, you know, who comes off as this mean person, is like there's much more to her character than what it seems. Um, but yeah, overall the series is like a really good feel good series, and I, you know, there's like a lot of things that could go wrong, but they don't. Um, the music is really excellent of course um they have like a lot of international artists that have collaborated with this series you know either being the singing voices or producing 
in the soundtrack for the series. Mm-hmm. What's, inter- what's interesting is that you don't have the usual, like, you know, Watanabe, like, collaborators, like Yoko Kano or, like, you know, yeah. Maya Sakamoto. Like, they're not on this, show, at least from what I've listened or read so far. Um, so that's cool. That's, like, we have a new batch. And, like, it, it, it seems like there's definitely, like, a lot, like, a, a big Western sensibility to, like, the music being approached in the show. It's definitely leaning towards... Um, the sound of like American pop music and electro- the electronic scene in the Western Hemisphere of the world specifically, um, but no, it's a really good show. Like um, my only gripe so far is that, and I'm watching the Japanese language version. I I, I would like I'm gonna try to dub because I feel like maybe that's actually a, a better experience because of my complaint. I will go in. The singing voices don't sound like the speaking oh, voices, I, and it's very jarring. I love that personally. <laughs> you do like you do like that? Okay, yeah, for it, me it's very jarring. <laughs> I'm like, wow. But it's well, yeah, like it's a really well produced show. The animation's beautiful, um, especially, of course, when, you know, the music performances, um, the music performance scenes come up. Um, you really just want to cheer on these two girls and hope that they're successful, you know? It's like, there's there's nothing, there's like, there's nothing, um, there's nothing more than what you want in the world but for the success of these two girls once you get to know them, you know? It's Absolutely. just, a, it's such a cute, such a cute show. Um, what's very interesting about this the show again it's like on Mars you know some people theorize it shares the same universe as the cowboy bebop universe there's a whole thing um, which I so like to begin with like I, I feel like a lot of Watanabe shows um, they're very good at showcasing diversity and representing that and like especially in terms of like diversity of character design actually showing different ethnicities and color you know and skin colors like he actually has said something about that in terms of especially like in regards to the Ainu peoples, like when he was uh, making you know, Mugen for like samurai shampoo, etc. Um, but you know, there's like an interesting thing in this world where apparently on Mars, some people have like gender fluidity, like they have that ability to kind of I don't know, it's it's, it's a it's weird like thing. They and get, like they turn transgender from Mars radiation or something like that. Yeah, it's, and it's it's a it's it's strange. Right. It's strange, and there's um, it's like okay, sure, but like. Right, okay, or whatever. And it's like it's just, you know, it's just a passing mention. But there's like one character where that is that example is shown, but that character is a very sinister and not a you know, they, they you know, again, like I, so far their intentions seem bad. Like, you know, they seem like they have villainous intentions. They're like not a good character. I mean it's basically the it's basically she's um yeah, she's Angela's adoptive mother and, and manager, but like, yeah, the character so far pretty much is blatantly hinted as like, you know, she's using Angela just to vent her own like just wanting to see success through Angela, and that's explaining why Angela is kind of the mean person the way she is, etc. And you know, she may have abused, you know, she may have abused Angela, etc. And like, is you know, that's the reason why Angela's kind of fucked up and like not nice to people, and you know, but like this character is like so far the only representation of that that occurrence, and it's like, oh, that's not great. Like, you know, I wish they would show more characters where, you know, th- you know, this this concept is like, you know, but it seems like in. Re- in yeah. terms of that, it, they portray her more as, like, an ugly girl with a masculine voice rather than outright transgender, because, yeah. like, yeah. they, they do have a couple, they show a couple of transgender characters. They do, is, you're right. I guess yeah. depending on, it, it can be questionable representation depending on how you take them. Like, there's that, mm-hmm. uh, doo-wop group and the... Oh, the uh, mermaid says, no, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, they're they're wonderful. They're wonderful. Um, but yeah, they're kind of like the only time we see them is kind of like for a gag, and that's kind of it, you know. Yeah. So it was just it, I, I, that was just a thought I had where it's like, huh, okay, I think the one comes, character where we're showing this, yeah. Like, yeah. I think it comes from good intentions. 
Yeah, it does. It, I think it. Yeah, I think it. I think it does. So I'm just like seeing like moving horror. Otherwise, like yeah, the show's really great at yeah. it. But like you know, that's just an interesting thing. Just I think that was worthy of bringing up. You haven't <laughs> seen the second anything from the second half so far. I have not seen the second half All yet. Right. No. I will. I I was gonna bring stuff up. Uh, I'll keep. My- I seen the I seen the first episode of the second half, and like you know, it's interesting now. Yeah, you know, at that point, the girls kind of established themselves. Yeah. And things have been settling, but there's now, like, this bigger, like, thing in the background in regards to, like, you know, ki- you know like, Tuesday. You know, both of the girls' past are now re- ca- catching up to it. So, so, again, the whole thing about Tuesday, she's from, like, a wealthy family. Her mother is a politician, right? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what seems to be thing- the thing developing now and towards the second half. Like, now there might be a bigger focus on, like, the social issues of the world itself, and there might be some interesting things going on with the AI stuff. Um, it, yeah, and that's cool. It, and Yeah, and what's great about the show is that even though it's sci-fi, it's very grounded in our reality. Like, a lot of technology oh, yeah. is pretty much stuff we already have, or we're, we're heading in that direction already. Like, a big thing with the show is that is how everyone has, like, these cute AI pets. You know, they're, like, assistants, or some of them are outright, like, have their own autonomy. Like, on the reality show the girls are in, like, one of the judges is literally one of those AI tiny robot things. Yeah. Um, like, uh, Carol, Carol has this cute, like, alarm clock that's basically, like, a, a, an owl <laughs> but it mostly serves as a yeah it's so cute yeah but yeah it's it's a really it's a really cool show it's like yeah again it's 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 very eerie but also cool how it's just literally a reflection of today i think even reflecting the entertainment industry and how our technology is apparently instagram is still like instagram is like a big deal on this show <laughs> which i thought is interesting um like which again is interesting because there's a character at some point that i pretty much is like a parody of a streamer um but instead, like, he's like, oh, I'm a big deal on Instagram, which I think is a weird thing to reference. Maybe they have some sort of deal with Instagram where they're only allowed to mention Instagram and nothing else. Um, yeah, they do have an Instagram. Actually, Carol Tuesday has an Instagram. And it's it's kind of cool that it's updating as the show goes on. Because, you know, it's cute. Still, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really cute. And, like, you know, they're literally, like, you know, like, fake photos. You know, it's like, you know, it's just screenshots. But it's like, it's like the photos they take in the show itself, you know, that mm-hmm. rhetorically happen. Um, and someone pointed out, I don't know how they noticed it, but someone pointed out, like, oh, yeah, the numbers are kind of reflected too. I, I don't know. But it's really cute. It's like a nice, cute, like, marketing thing simultaneous to the show. I think even the soundtrack is already kind of, like, available in, to some extent, but... Yeah, they released yeah. music from the first half of the show uh, mm-hmm. some, a bit ago. Yeah. It's a feel-good show, you know? It's 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 yeah. not stressful because even the... Because you can just... If you're not paying attention, you can just listen to the music of it, and it's like, oh, wow... <laughs> I yeah. can't wait for it to finish so that Netflix can just release the whole damn thing already. Yeah, I think the first half, though, is a bit... I could be wrong, Yeah, the maybe. first half is. The just first half is, yeah. Gotta wait for that second half to finish. Yeah, Because Netflix doesn't like uh, airing anime, apparently. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's highly, highly recommend trying it out. Um, it's definitely... I, it does have a difference from the flavor of, like, other Watanabe works. It, it doesn't have, like, a huge... Um, well, no, that's not the word. I mean, there there is like conflict and stuff, but it's you know, it's not like again, it's 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 not action heavy. It's it's more akin to the drama of things like you know, kids on the slope, right? I think mm-hmm. that's the I think that's only one of the other series I can compare it to because a lot of his other stuff is like very action heavy or has like high high thrilling stakes. You know, this is a very grounded like drama that just happens to have little tiny sci fi elements sprinkled in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Uh, let's let's read some of Rose's stuff. Uh, should I should I just blow through it, or do you want me to do to pepper through? What should I do? 
What do y'all think? I think. Well, it depends what she has. Yeah, and she's got she's got a good amount of stuff. But I okay, just reali- yeah. I, I just realized that that a bu- that a lot of this is short. So I think I'm just gonna run through it. Yeah, right? go for it. Okay. Uh, first of all, and this is Rose. All right. So from now on, this is Rose. First of all, I have no idea what's going on in a certain scientific accelerator. Absolutely nothing makes sense, and they don't even <laughs> use a million buzzwords like an index. So it's just sort of <laughs> badly <bad>. written. <laughs> Instead of focusing all the way in on Accelerator, like the Shadow the Hedgehog game did with Shadow, they have this bizarre need to continue writing the anime as if it's an ensemble cast, rather than build up the few characters involved with Accelerator that would serve the story well. Accelerator's laugh has also somehow gotten worse, so even when he's around, it's not even that hyper-edgy, it's just sort of awkward. I really do not understand how they fucked up This is the Edgy Index story so badly. I'd say Index Season 3 had better look at what Accelerator was like and portray him in a much cooler and dynamic way than this solo series. Baffling. Damn. <laughs> wow. Apparently. I think we're going to, I think we're going to, in general, talk about Dr. Stone and Kimetsu no Yaiba, so I'll skip those for now, and then we'll get to this other stuff. Um, uh, and what were you saying, uh, uh I was just going to say I've heard from friends that in some episodes, Accelerator doesn't even show up. Just, like, full stop. <laughs> He's just not in his own show. Great. Yeah. Uh, island anime. They let a girl get washed out into the ocean. It was super oh. fucked up. She's just oh. gone now. I don't know what's going to happen to her, but this, but this anime is so unabashed in its specific horniness that I can't help but respect it. Um, I don't know if you're going to agree with this, Rose, because I did see some screenshots on Twitter. What was that? Of, yeah, uh-huh. What was that? I saw it too. What the fuck? I, I mean, what I shared them in here because I, that, that show about the girl stranded on a deserted island. Oh, yeah, but um, like, what fucked up shit? There, I guess there's a scene in the newest episode where one of the girls, like, I, I think they drink... Like I think they have to eat their poop. Like what? No, like I think it's like one of them like drinks. Oh, poison poison or something. So they and so they they're like we have to we have to do a saltwater enema to get it out of our system. Oh my god! But then like they don't have tools. So then like one girl looks like she's like putting her face in it. She shoots the she spits the salt water up the other girl's ass. Yes, the show's on that is shit for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I can respect that. That might be a bit for me. At least it's not a coward show. It's just going full. You're right. It. That is true. It's it's committing to. It's it's. You're right. That I I, I don't know if I can respect it, but you're right. That is. It's, it's committing to. It's uh. Yeah. It's values. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Demon girl next door. Watch this anime. I'm not caught up at all, but it's just so cute. If you're looking for a Yuri and Link Magical Girl stuff, this is a great, lighthearted, jokey anime that I've really been enjoying. I mentioned it before, but I really should hammer in. Watch it. It's great. Uh, Ari Furetta? I hope I pronounced that Oh, right. no. She's it, still watching it. It, it keeps going. I think <laughs> I've imprinted on the main boy, even though he's nothing, purely because he's <laughs> epic, edgy, white hair man who helps girls. This is what happens to me every time. Help me. I can't help you, Rose. You, you have to help it. yourself, Rose. I mean, she got she got past the bunny girl. Like, so there was like a bunny girl that's been in the opening. Like, she got she's getting she got introduced this late. Like, mm-hmm. it, like what? But she seems she honestly seems like the most interesting. Like, I spoil myself because like I'm not gonna bother finishing this thing. <laughs> I spoil myself what happens to bunny, and the bunny girl seems interesting. I would stick it for the 
bunny girl, maybe? I don't know. She seems interesting if they actually care about her character in the anime, but it's it's a painful thing even just from what I saw. I, <laughs> I, I can't... I, I don't know, Rose, why you're, you're doing this to yourself. Isekai's <laughs> mm-hmm. cheat magician. Which, now that I think about it, that does kind of sound like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I might have said that before, but it does sound just sound it like a totally It does, yeah. It does, 100%. Uh, this show had the promise of being one of the only isekai to really give girls the same opportunities as their male counterparts, but at every turn, they use the girl who got isekai who is very powerful, to fluff up, fluff up the man's ego and talk about how amazing he is, and it's really pathetic. They even went so far as to introduce a woman character and kill her immediately to even further the man's power, which is really like, thanks guys, uh, please make friends with a woman, I beg you. No, women is a pot device. Oh, great. The fridging. And you know what? Erase didn't do that. Again, I, you know, just going back to, like, my... When I initially watched Erase, I was worried about that happening. I was worried about, like, oh, like, the whole thing about a, a male savior and, like, oh, yeah, saving... It didn't do that. It didn't do that. It actually has a good main character. It yeah. actually has... So, yeah. there you go. Uh, and I don't know if you're going to talk about this. Um, yeah, you are. But we'll we'll just have Rose's part, and then maybe you can talk about it. Uh, Vinland Saga. Rules. I want to just watch it all day. Like, seriously, I really legitimately just fall into a trance watching this anime. It's so engrossing, and I think that the shift in this being told chronologically rather than in media res, as we've discussed, is paying off in spades. I'm addicted to the opening, also. It reminds me of the first Hunter Hunter ending that I really liked a lot because Screamo. Also, I am going to point out that she, I'm pretty sure, explicitly wrote down Hunter Hunter to save me. Because my ass. <laughs> not not Hunter X. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know, mm-hmm. I know now, but I'm glad you know that she was looking out for me because <laughs> there would have been a chance that I would have Stay just safe. said that. So Stay safe. thank you, Rose. <laughs> you saved. Like I I would have been fine, but you knew, so thank you. So LV, do you want to talk about uh, Vinland Saga real quick? Yeah. Um. I mean. I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about because, again, it's kind of like it's a series that's basically of a chronicle of a character, of a character on this literal journey. Like he's um, at this point in the series, Vinland Saga. Um, here, let me let me just check the names because a lot of people have similar names, and that's just kind of you know the naming convention around that time and this particular you know mm-hmm. sub, you know culture because you know people are just naming you know people don't have last names and people are naming people after like gods etc okay torfine yes torfine there's 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 like a lot of characters with tor as their their um you know their, their beginning suffix so it's like anyway torfine so at this point in the series in regards to the recent episodes of inman saga you know torfine has gone the deep end he is now an adult and he is a broken man and he's 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 the he's the angry boy you see on like all the art for villain saga now. at this point he's no longer the innocent child um and yeah, again, just to you know, just to go back, it's it's not really a spoiler because it's what sets the events in motion. But yeah, his father, he witnesses father get killed. Like you know, he, him and his dad. Um, it's like third to fourth episode, and I think. Um, so him and his dad and like a bunch of other people from his village, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna go on this cool voyage, etc. To you know, to do this to do, to do this objective to meet up, but you know, do a thing. Um, but Torfine, again, he's just a child. He like sneaks in. You know, and he's like, ah, oh, you shouldn't have done. You know, he shouldn't have done that. He should have stayed at home with his mom and sister. Um, 
And yeah, again, all these other guys are like coming in. But, you know, Torfine's father knows for a fact that's like, oh, no, it's like it's like a fake mission. You know, we're not going to actually have these people like killed. None of these guys are like prepared to actually fight anyone, etc. So they were pl- the plan was like they were going to drop them off somewhere safe. And in reality, Torfine's dad was just going to be by himself and he's going to deal with whatever the situation was. But unfortunately, they get ambushed because that happens. And yeah, unfortunately, um, in, in to exchange for the kind of like as a compromise and like a, a thing, like in exchange for like. The ensuring the safety of everyone else on the ship, you know, Torfine, Torfine's de- father just lets himself be killed, you know, because mm-hmm. he was like, he has like a reputation around those parts in terms of like being like, you know, the giant, you know, the gi- the giant like warrior there and like kind of like, you know, means, you know, he's like, he's like a notorious rep- rep- you know, reputation amongst like the different tribes and the different um, groups there. So eventually, you know, essentially, you know, of course, as a child, you know, Torfine witnesses and like that really messed him up that traumatized it and he vows now to take revenge on his father's death by essentially um and it's like a huge psychological fighting he's he basically banded with the group of vikings uh, you know of the guy that killed his father because he wants to train under him to eventually avenge his father's death and kill him you know he, he, it's like a whole big psychological play and oh, many of these episodes now following his teenage to young adult years um is basically him trying to prove himself to this guy, you know, he really detests. He knows he's this man killed his father, but he's working with him, you know, like, uh, you know, reluctantly, but he has to. This is the only way to get better and prove to him, you know, it's like a, it's like a yeah. huge, like, masculinity, you know, it's like, whoa, <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, um, no, it's a, it's such a good show. Like it's again, production quality is pretty consistent throughout. The animation is really good. There are times when CGI is used. I noticed a lot with the ship scenes, are, but like I again, it's like do, it's done in a, in a strategic way where I don't notice it at first unless I'm looking for it. Right? It's it's done in a way that's done well. It's like blended in with the two D animation. Like there's like a lot of cool shots where. Um, you know, Torfine works with basically two knives, and he does a lot of jumping attacks essentially. That's my lame, lame way of describing it. But, um, and there's like a lot of cool dynamic shots where he sh- it shows him like in, like, you know, aerial and stuff. And it's really cool. Um, in terms of the most recent, recent episodes, essentially, um, there was one episode in particular where Torfin gets separated from the group. And yeah, oh yeah, like just to, just to clarify, a bunch of those other guys go back home, you know, without Torfin and, you know, and they're like, you know, we're going to someday find him, et cetera. But, you know, it's like, it's like, fu- you know, like, this is just fu- you know, it's like a fucked up situation. They're literally across the, across like, you know, the European seas. Um, and like one of the best like women characters in the series thus far, you know, like, you know, I'm hoping she'll come back soon. I'm pretty sure she will. Is Torfine's older sister who in the village, she's like a big, like physical laborer. She deals a lot with the flock and yeah, she's like tough as nails gal. Um, you know, it, it, it's, def- it's definitely like a thing of where like, it's establishing a culture where, like, the, you know, there, there are gender disparities, unfortunately, still, but, like, in their village, that doesn't seem to be the case, or, like, it, or at least it seems like it's a very, it's establishing this thing where it's, it's, like, it's kind of disregarded based on survival, you know, she does, like, a lot of, she does a lot of physical labor, she works in a run farm, and a lot of the guys like her because of that, and she just is, like, she's really cool, and she's like, no, I don't want to, like, a lot of people, like, she has a lot of suitors. But, like, a big thing is, like, a big thing that really got me was when, um, like, that fleet returned ho- home, and they're like, oh, no, you know, Torfine's father was killed, and we ca- we don't have Torfine, you know, we don't know where he is, but we, we were sure he's alive, but he just went missing. Um, 
you know, she holds it together, like the oldest sister. Even the, and the, their mother is, like, very distraught by it. But the, she holds it together, and the older sister kind of goes into this crazy, like, hyped-up mood as if she was unbothered. And it's not until the end of that sequence where she start, you know, she's on a loom leaving, and the mom, like, breaks it down to her, like, telling her, you know, it's okay, you, you gotta stop overworking yourself, etc., etc. And until then, the sister finally breaks down and cries, you know, and she was kind of hiding her own trauma about, like, losing her brother and her father at the same time. Um, by overworking essentially and that was cool like she's definitely one of the best women characters like a lot of the women so far you know they're they're scarcely shown but when they are they're really cool um in a recent ep- yeah but yeah again referring back to a recent episode um Torfin gets separated from the group and he ends up on this farm you know just oh yeah and what's what's interesting about the show is that again they're they're like <sighs> They're like Danish. They're they're just like they're like different ethnic groups like within the you know the early development of like Danish and English. So it's it's really jarring to me where, you know, they're speaking Japanese because it's, they're speaking Japanese to the Japanese viewers, right? Yeah, that's that's just what helped. that means. But then but then they're like you know when it can be helped, right? But then they say things like I don't understand this character. Is he speaking Danish? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they're all speaking the same language. You know, it's like it's 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 a, it's a double like like a strange thing as someone who's an English speaker and I'm reading English subtitles, they're speaking Japanese, but they're referencing the fact that they cannot understand this character because they're speaking Danish. It's a lot, but anyway, it's cool. And it's like, it's very educated and like, yeah, like, oh yeah. Yeah. There actually are like different subgroups under this like culture. Um, he gets, he, he gets like, you know, he gets lost separated from the group and like, you know, this older woman and her daughter find him on this farm and like this, this soldier, well, not soldier, they're not really formal, but this one guy comes looking for him, essentially, and describing him, like, oh, yeah, there's this crazy kid who, like, who killed a bunch of people with two knives, etc. And it's clearly someone from his group, but Torfine is trying to hide, and the woman, even though she didn't understand Torfine, again, like, because he, he's an Icelander, so they don't share the same language, um, was willing to, like, you know, vouch for him in spite of that, despite her daughter being like, no, it, that kid is suspicious, he seems, he sounds like the person who, like, is going around killing people, etc., um, and it's a really heartbreaking episode because it shows really the loss of innocence Torfin endured and how like he does he he seems like he's at a point where he can't return to that um, because at the end nonetheless the Vikings do raid that village their farm is in and the old woman sees Torfin now reverting back to like his instinct of being you know of being murderous etc and she starts crying and, you know and it's, well she doesn't you know allow her to cry but he sees like a tear going down her face and like how it's handled is is such a is such you know they don't show a lot. Um, but how they handle it is is such like a very emotional thing. Like it, I, the show does a lot. The show does a good job when it comes to showing, um, to, to, to between switching switching between showing and not telling and telling, but showing like when it does violence, um, it does it well, and it only does it when it's necessary. I think like you know it doesn't it doesn't feel exploited. You know, yeah. it, exploitive. It feels like it's done in very thoughtful ways. You know, I. I yeah, I felt like I felt like the I felt like scenes where they had the most impact were definitely scenes where it was just conversation or moments like that where people were crying or they or they're reacting in a very quiet way to something bad that has happened. Or yeah, purely through dialogue. I felt like a lot of more horrifying things that were happening were just described in dialogue and I didn't you know, they didn't show a single thing of it. I feel like a lot of the action and violence shown in the series is like purely for spectacle it's like oh that's cool but i i, I come out feeling unaffected and i'm like oh that's cool you know i don't feel like messed up from it but i again i feel like like a big impact from the show is like the stuff that's like the stuff that's like less visible and less like crazy um so yeah it's just it's it's just, yeah it's a, it's a good it's an interesting journey so far again highly recommend if you're like into like 
historical fiction. And it's not a fantasy series, but again, like, I feel like people who are into fantasy series would like this. Um, well, not high fantasy, but, you know, like, again, like, just referencing Game of Thrones in terms of similar um, thing. But, like, people into sort of that thing. Um, it's a good show. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, I am probably going to talk about Dr. Stone here real quick, so I will read uh, Rose's Dr. Stone opinion here. I know it's a shonen, but someday I hope that we can escape tired tropes with misogyny in these series. It's not that bad, but seeing that culture one-to-one replicated itself in this completely original and new society that's formed after the apocalypse with a patriarchal structure is extremely baffling, especially when there are plenty of girls that can fight extremely well and be cool. I wish male writers could communicate with women at all. I really like the Dangarampa magician guy, though. I think he's funny, and I deeply relate to him basically plotting rebellion for the promise of soda. He is great, though. Danganronpa magician is a good way to describe him, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's very Danganronpa. Um, but yeah, Dr. Stone is pretty okay. I caught up on it. Uh, I've been caught up on it. It's it's all right. Uh, there, there's still a lot of scenes that are just like, oh, hey, here's this, sh- here's this shit they got to do, to, do, and here's them doing it. It's a little bland, but whatever. Um I, I do like that they're like slowly growing the the, the like the world the the science village whatever they're calling yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. I also think it's very funny that they're just bringing people over by making ramen for them. That's pretty funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's mm-hmm. There's a lot about it that I like. It's it's not like show stopping. It's and I'm saying that because Elva, you put a fucking gif in the planning doc that says show stopping <laughs> on it. Uh, <laughs> Um, but it's, it's not anything like amazing, but it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's a no right watch. Yeah. I would say definitely check it out if you're into Shonen and, and uh, but I also agree that like there's stuff in there that's just like, yeah, all right. This is very wrong. There's yeah. so many scenes where they're like, you know, second guessing girls and shit, especially when, yeah, it's just, <laughs> especially when the alien what? looking lady, which I, I guess I feel kind yeah, of bad again, for talking shit weird. about her, but she does look like an alien. She does, is, though. Is, like, so incredibly weird. powerful, but people are her, still, like... Her eyes are, like... Her, her eyes need to be a little bit closer. That's it. That's yeah. all they... Like, uh, just a millimeter, and that would make mm-hmm. a huge difference, probably, on... Yeah. But, yeah, agreed. It's, like, weird that, like, these people are coming out of, like, a society that now is completely crumbled, but they're just still replicating, you know, like... <laughs> yeah. and, which I guess... And, which and I guess these, and, and specifically, these people are, like... Descendants yeah. of yeah, not even fresh from our society, but yeah, yeah. So it's like they they lost. So it, yeah, it's weird because so they they lost knowledge on basic ass things like basic science, and that's why they're all like you know that's like that's why they're like that. Yet they they're still adapted other traditional you know they still adapted other old established things. It's it's kind of weird. They lost science, but and they're but yet they're. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's strange. Yeah, you you would think that's that the if, thing they lose instead of other things. You, right? you would think that if someone could still remember, oh hey, you know, in our society, the men come at first or whatever. You would think that they would also be like, also we have cell phones, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, like, that's so yeah. weird that, that that's the only thing that didn't get lost, but I guess that nobody really thought about that while they were making this, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, let's see, Trixie, do you want to talk about something? Talk about something. Yeah. 
I watched uh, the first season of March Comes In Like a Lion, uh, <gasps> done by Shaft. Yeah. It was, it was quite a ride. Uh, it's basically a soap opera, more or less, about a depressed teenager who's a professional shogi player, and uh, mm-hmm. he has to try and balance his life between living alone uh, at the age of seventeen, shogi, and taking care of himself, which is. Which is hard to do because he's depressed. Like, they even explicitly say that word as well, which I found uh, pretty affecting. Uh, it's it's quite a show. It's very mm-hmm. it's written very well. Uh, all the characters are feel very believable, even though a lot of them have exaggerated personalities. Uh, you don't have to really know Shogi in order to watch it. Like, I know Jack shit about. I I figure it's like chess but more complicated and yet it's an easy show to follow along even during shogi matches. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Yeah, um, it's I, I I yeah, it's such a beautiful show. Um I I, I watched it a long time ago but I, I kind of fell off. I didn't finish it. Um or finished the second or watched the second season. Yeah, it's it's a show more about the drama of these characters versus like shogi itself i feel like shogi is such a secondary thing it's kind of just like a prop for i think everything else happening it's really about this main character's like inner struggles and like how he you know how can he adjust to relating to people around him and yeah in terms of like understanding his own problems and like yeah and like i'm glad yeah i'm glad the show ex- I, i'm glad the series explicitly like you know said the word depression too you know it's like that's not talked about you know that's not just said enough in a way that like it needs to be defined that way um, and yeah, how they depict it is pretty, it's pretty strong, I think. And in a way that I think is, um, not incorrect. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's, yeah. It's totally it's, realistic. It's re- like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. like anime, uh, fails to, uh, accurately depict depression and anxiety sometimes and the show, just nails it. Uh, mm-hmm. it's also, I mentioned it's beautiful, but it really is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's like chef shows tend to be under animated to generously put it but the show is like if shaft uh actually animated their shows and it looks gorgeous <laughs> as a result they play a lot with water theme th- and, and imagery which is which is, they do really well like they there are a number of scenes that are made to look like they're set underwater or in an aquatic environment uh even though they're in an urban setting and it's done it's just done mwah really good uh not enough praise for the show honestly uh though it was it was it was depressing so i did try to balance uh that out with uh the only other thing that i watched which was Eurocamp. uh yet again <laughs> because i can't stop watching that show once i start it's, it's still very comfy it's still very uh warm especially for this uh upcoming time of year uh <laughs> mm-hmm. i i'm mostly just re-watching it as well to because i just can't wait for the second season and the movie already i just wish it could come out this year it's coming up yeah very soon but not mm-hmm. soon enough at the uh, same time not soon enough uh let's see here lv you want to talk about something else what else you got yeah. what else you got um Okay, maybe I will. 
I'm going to jump into Fire Force, actually. Because, um, geez. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Fire Force got really, really interesting. It's, it's, it's intriguing me now. I'm like, oh, wow. So, um, again, just to reiterate, Fire Force is about... It's focusing on this these this firefighter brigade, but you know they're not regular firefighters. They're literally out here basically exercising and like getting rid of people who are like this is a world where for some reason people are just human combustion's a thing, and like they're just you know people are just not exploding. They're turning into like these demon like creatures when they like combust, and it's it's scary. And like it's 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 like it's a, it's a part of the intro every episode. We're like. You know, like one, you know, one of the you know, like they're talking about death statistics, and they're like human combustion, the top killer. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? In they this just love to remind you about it. I know it's like, time. why this doesn't need to be here? We know, we know the plot. I don't know. It's weird. I'm noticing that too in general. With like a lot of series are putting this little like little like sentence uh, premising now before the intro, before the opening for some reason. I don't know. It's weird. Carol and Tuesday does that, but I don't know if it's because of where I'm watching it, where they, they, they keep putting the little foreshadowing to what might be the ending of the series in the oh, beginning. they do that. But yeah. Outside of Yeah, they do well, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, anyway, Fire Force. So, yeah, again, they're, they're basically demon exercising firefighters. That's just the best way to simplify it in the most general sense. So... <clears throat> The most recent episodes got really interesting because now um, there's like a whole big thing where they're speculating that, hey, like these combustion incidents, like why are they like, why is the rate of these happening, like becoming more frequent? Like what's going on? Like, oh, and they're now like trying to they're theorizing like, oh, is a lot of this internal? Like, is this is this some is this some bullshit? The government, you know, not, not necessarily the government, but I guess that's the equivalent, right? Is this some bullshit that actually like fire you know fire you know firefighters in our own like companies are actually doing it is this like a planned thing and it's 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 going into it's transitioning into this whole thing where there's actually possibly like some crazy like cult organization who might be deliberately doing this because um known as like what's the name the evangelist okay yeah so fire force is getting interesting because they're really going in on like the weird like you know christian like catholicism like like allegory thing they're doing so again like again they're they're basically firefighters exercising demons their fire stations kind of look like cathedrals um and a lot of them have literally like some sort of like quote unquote priest slash nun where they do the final prayer when they exercise the, like when they when they when they laid it what they call the infernals to rest those people that combust um so yeah not, so like the ra- last few episodes it's like oh they're they're investigating the fact that like this must be internal like there must be some you know and then they're, they discover unfortunately like um well okay uh, just to backtrack a little like uh, they they ran so um the main characters are in fire company eight so there's like several different fire companies and they all have different different like employee makeups and they have different themes so fire company eight's the main characters there's like one company again where that's it's led by a woman and she has a like a weird dominatrix name anyway <laughs> and she has like fire yeah anyway she she recently you know she came up as a point of contention where, like, she seemed like she was butting heads with the main characters. But more recently, she ended up allying with them because it turns out she has some connection with, the like, one of the characters they had a past together. Or similar to the main character, Shinra, who whose family was killed in a fire due to an infernal incident, she, too, also, like, lost a lot of her loved ones in an infernal incident and explains why she became the way she is and has a very pessimistic view of the world. There's, so the nun character in... Um, 
Fire Force Company 8, Iris, she has a connection with, like, that character. And um, they were in the same convent. And, like, if you watch the ending theme of Fire Force, that's, like, basically their story surmise, where, unfortunately, their convent, like, started burning down, and a lot of people just suddenly combusted. Um, and um, what's the name of her... What's her name again? I'll, f- I'll figure it out. Anyway... But she felt, but basically the other girl, the other woman felt bad because she's like, I wasn't the religious type. I felt like ashamed that maybe was I immune because I was like a sinner, et cetera, et cetera. So that was like, it was, you know, but eventually they made up and like it revealed that nice backstory of like, oh, okay, cool. But it's a little weird because now she's like in love with Shinra or something like that. It's, it's a little weird. Um, anyway, um, so moving on. So, so now there's like this whole internal investigation that's like, okay, are these... Are these infernals like plants? You know, like is there something going on? And again, yeah, it's segueing to the idea that there's this bigger cult organization called the Evangelist, or I might be getting that wrong, but anyway, there's some bigger cult organization who is deliberately doing this because they, I think, they literally want to set the world on fire for the coming of like their sun god or something. It's getting crazy. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, there's like, there's something about like a sun god and like they want to like bring, they want to basically literally scorch the earth or something. Oh, it's, like, it's like, what the fuck? It's pretty cool. It's getting cool. So like, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, with one of the other fire companies that the main characters aligns with, and we're gonna they unfortunately find out like, oh no, we were right. One of one of one of the firefighters is a traitor and is part of that cult, and he's like a mole, like helping to plant some of these things. And they get him, and he's like an evil person. He's fucked up, and I think he was like one of the. Um, he is definitely one of the more disturbing villains I think thus far. Um, because he's, like, literally just a human being who's, like, has a very deep delusion of the world, and he's, like, he seems to be this happy, you know, he was this happy, I'm not gonna spoil it and say his name, but he's, like, one of these happy-go-lucky people, and he's, like, you wouldn't expect him, you know, to be that way, and, like, the violence basically escalated in this episode, because they actually show blood, and I'm like, whoa, okay, and I think that's why, too, because for, like, a lot of other, like, action scenes that the series went through so far they were dealing with basically the infernals the you know the demon people the people who combusted and you know like normally it's 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 literally like they're extinguishing them you don't see like things like mutilation or like etc this is the first time they ran into like a human where where the main character shinra had to deal with and fight a human and like so blood was flying and stuff and it was like whoa okay and um top so um yeah and eventually they deal with him and yeah he's found out that like Oh shoot! Yeah, he's yeah he he's he's literally evil and he, he's helping like these other forces, and it was like a big it was on, like honestly the past few episodes have been really nice like emotional rides in terms of like um, people learning to trust each other too like it, it's it definitely like raises now these stakes in terms of like who can be trusted in the show actually and like who actually is like someone yeah who someone who's not, you know, someone who actually is doing something for the better good of other people, because there's also a lot of things of this show where I feel like they didn't explore many other characters yet, and that, that kind of is a problem, as I will get into. But nonetheless, like, the last episode was very powerful. Nonetheless, it was very unexpectedly violent all of a sudden, because, again, as I said, the rest of the series wasn't, like, that tonally, but it mm. definitely set the mark for, like, I think a very disturbing villain, because this is the first time they had to deal with just a human being who really was, who really had evil intentions. Like, he, um... So, um, the cat girl, you know, the Neko girl, the girl who always is, like, the subject of fan service a lot, like, um, she looked up to this character, Tamaki. She has the pigtails, etc. And she always has, like, the bikini and her suit's always open, if you've seen her. Um, she looked up to this guy, and it's like, oh, it, it was really sad. And she, like, 
didn't realize she was accidentally helping him. Um, so, oh yeah, basically, like, they find out this guy, um, they narrow him down, and they find him to have been, like, basically kidnapping kids, essentially. And, because he was, they, he was planning to test it on the kids, like, oh, if, like, so the big deal, the big thing about, like, why they're trying to trigger combustions is, like, they want to find people who do not just die when they go through it. They want to find someone who's able to take it, and they basically get, like, the fire powers as, like, how all the firefighters, you know, they want to, they, they basically want to do this whole weird, like, you know, let's, let's, let's make a whole race of these people, essentially. It's like one of those plans. And he was basically kidnapping children. And poor Tamaki didn't realize she was, like, helping him out for nefarious reasons. She thought she, he was, like, out there legitimately, like, helping kids or etc. And he, like, beats her up and they show it. And it's like, whoa, this is such a violent episode. And it starts off, they, they, it's such a long line scene. He's beating up this, like, you know, like, small girl, and I'm like, whoa, and it's fucked up. Um, and, but it's such a powerful and necessary moment, and it's really upsetting, and, like, I don't feel like it was done in, like, a, a sensationalist way. I think it was a necessary thing to show also. The voice actor's done a really good job where she sounded really pained and all hurt down that. But, like, it was a big thing where it really showed, I think, a great sign of her character development, because her character up to that point was literally just a dumb fan service character. Um, and she looked up to this char- she looked up to this guy who basically betrayed her, and he was just beating the shit out of her, and it was fucked up, you know. And she basically she might have had a crush on this guy, etc. Um, and but it was I think it was definitely like one of the most powerful moments in like the recent episode because it was also well animated. And eventually, like you know, Shinra drops in and like everyone else, and like you know they they get you know they kill them essentially because that's what happens. Well, they try to like they basically tried to um, they tried to keep him alive. They tried to imprison him and bind him. But unfortunately, he of course because he basically let his guard down and now all everyone know knows like what's going on he, he basically got killed you know by like his own organization so my problem though with um fire force fire force though is like how they still um choose to deal with fan service when at this point like with all these emotional stakes and like i think how good the series is when it's serious and deals with like these graphic moments like that like it, it's it's like why are you why are you still forcing fan service so again tamaki who is who again I, I've been referencing many times the the fan service girl like she's the cat girl, um, after like she gets like beat up like the episode next like Shinra falls into like her boobs and I'm like what the fuck you just showed this really serious scene where she literally was like broken down and you feel the need to like insert this fan service thing it, like it's like really inappropriate and like there are many th- and there's like an again episode after like you know you showed her in this very serious and upsetting light and like. She continues to be this fan service character as if nothing, you know, it's like, it's like, why? And then there are many times, too, where, like, again, I complained about this before, Shinra, the main character. I was like, okay, why are they forcing him to be, like, a weird pervert? In these recent episodes, that has not come up at all again. So they're even inconsistent with him in regards to him being, like, weird about that. There was a scene where he, like, accidentally almost walks in on a girl, and he, like, actually turns away politely, and he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. But meanwhile, like, episodes before, he would have been, he was, like, into that or something. I don't know. It didn't make sense. There's, like, they keep trying to, um, they keep trying to force fan service in the show in ways that's, like, not appropriate, and the show is fine without it. It's, it's definitely hurting the show in a way that's, like, ugh. and it's, it's also not in a good light in terms of the female characters, because they haven't really focused on a lot of them thus far, especially, again, to my, Tamaki, who's like just just been the fan service girl thus far and got beaten up, and that was pretty much her role. Um, so otherwise, though, I'm sticking around for the show, and I'm like, oh wow, it's it's getting really interesting in the background, like what's developing on with that, etc. But yeah, I hope it gets better, but it probably won't, um, to be honest. 
um, in, in regards to the weird fan service decisions. It really does not need to be there. I mean, the same creator made D. Greyman. Like, he wasn't that great with like how like some of the women characters were treated there either. So I don't know. <laughs> it's unfortunate with the fan service. I know, thing. yeah. Because it seems yeah, like a good like, show otherwise. It just doesn't yeah, even stop. Yeah, it's getting cool, and it's like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, it's 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 one thing to do that, but also they're doing it on a character that literally is, like, she's not developed. Like, she's not developed, and at the, the one time you decide to be, like, she's gonna have this serious role, she gets, she's, like, in a horrible, like, victimized situation, and then you just, uh, yeah, it's, like, not, like it's, not, it's, not, it's not thought out, it's not thoughtful. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see here. All right, uh, Lord Elmaloy. Let me see. Did Rose, did Rose talk about Lord Elmaloy? Let me... I gotta check. I think I accidentally closed her thing. One moment. No, she didn't. Um, I guess I'll just read this part real quick, then, because uh, I don't think any of us are talking about it. Kimetsu no Yaiba. I think the introductions of the Hashira position most of them as far too sociopathic for me to have anything but a bad impression about them going forward. While it's totally justified for them to feel the way that they do, them not taking anything seriously and instead displaying every funny little quirk they had in a situation where they were going to straight up murder multiple people doesn't really endear me to them at all. I think this type of thing is done much better when you start them out as super serious and then gradually open them up when you get to know them better. It makes it much more rewarding to see these characters unravel, rather than being told, these guys are good actually. It especially felt strange because they place such reverence on the leader of the Demon Corps, but when he tells them to do something as simple as listen, they all refuse outright. Which doesn't really seem consistent? I don't know, I don't know. The whole bit rubbed me the wrong way, but I do love Tomoika now. Tomi, Tomioka, maybe, I'm not sure. I don't know how to pronounce that. I, I have not watched this. <laughs> I do love them more now. What a soft man. Yeah, I fully agree. It's... Yeah. I I guess Demon Slayer has that issue in general where characters start out exaggerated or quirky and then they try to take them seriously like scream like yellow hair mm-hmm. screamy boy is mm-hmm. a prime example of the <laughs> yellow hair screamy boy yeah mm-hmm. yeah and uh i'll just wrap up rose's uh rose's thing here i could keep going but this is plenty of content i'm going to go see premiere this week so i'll be able to talk about that on the next episode <sighs> sorry john she is apologizing because i am too broke to go see it so I so, it's okay. I'll live. I'll just watch it when it's out on Blu-ray or something. Uh, live vicariously through Rose's uh, impressions. Oh, she's gonna mm-hmm. flip the fuck out. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she says, "I hope you're all doing well. Have a good podcast." XOXOXO. Thank you. Oh. Uh, much lo- much love to you too. <laughs> too. <laughs> much regards. Mwah. So Lord Elmaloy. God damn that show. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to miss it. We only have two it's more so episodes good. left. It's going to be over next time we talk about it. A lot yeah. of things are going to be over the next time we talk about it, now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of people are hitting the episode 12 to 13, mm-hmm. like, mark next week. <laughs> Detective Waver is going to be the biggest lost. It really me. is. So... I st- I'm not going to talk too much about it, because, again, I don't want to spoil stuff. I think everyone should just go see it. But I just love how strong these characters are. Every single character in this show is just very well written. They bounce off of each other so well. I just, I'm on the edge of my seat constantly. And I yeah. love seeing all these characters that I recognize and all these nods to things that I recognize. I know that me just being like, 
I know this thing uh, is dumb, but I don't care. I'm so glad that they it's made it. I'm still glad that they made Olga Marie like an actual character instead of just this like <laughs> this late this lady that just dies at the beginning of Fate Grand Order. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I will say it was very funny when they were talking about uh, all the different mystic eyes and they were like, they, they were like, oh, this guy's mystic eyes are like the second highest tier. The only ones that are stronger than that are the, and they like look directly at the camera, the mystic eyes of death perception. <laughs> I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I mean, they had to do it. <laughs> if, if they're gonna be talking about mystic eyes for ages and ages they gotta be like oh, shiki all right all right shiki <laughs> you know about shiki there you go you know you know this you know this chick all right you, any, some, someone on the train should have just like turned straight to the camera and be like anyone here play multi blood yeah <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have a laptop? We can set it up here. It's it's chill. You don't you don't need much. I got, I got sticks. You know, <laughs> just gaming on the train. Yeah. God. Okay, here's my question. Who do you think of the cast of uh, Lord Amaloy would be the best in Melty Blood? Hmm. I think Olga Marie's a gamer. You think so? I think so. I think she's a gamer. The kind who gets mad at every single loss she encounters. Hmm. I see. I think, I think what would happen is I think Gray would be like really bad at first because she wouldn't know what she was doing. Yeah. But I think she would get really invested in it. I think Gray would like Absolutely. really quickly become the best. Like she would play it for a little bit and she would get her ass beat, and then like Waver would just be like, because because you know Waver's also a, a big gamer. I bet he would just like put his hand on her shoulder and just be like, gaming like everything else in life is only yeah. attained through practice. So then Grey would just, like, fucking <laughs> go to the lab, get real good at multi-blood, and then come out and just be fucking fierce. She'd be a CEO Taku on stage, top eight, you know it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just, I just, I love this show. I love it. I, like, <gasps> I love Fate, everybody! Fate's Same. so good! <laughs> I can't keep myself away from fate. It's really good. All right, LV. Uh, you, you talk about oh maidens in your savage season. Oh God. Well, I'm gonna co- let me. I'll merge it with Given okay. because I, I I have to applaud the fact that we actually have. And you know what Carol do is oh my gosh we actually have like teenagers that are realistic and not stupid like troves just oh God thank thank God for these shows I. Okay, but well, just to focus on Omae's and your Savage season first. So again, it's about these girls who are in this literature club together, and you know, one day they're just reading a book, and you know, they're basically going through like a puberty, like sexual awakening, you know, and like they're realizing, you know, now the moment like they're thinking about these sort of things, they kind of realize how deprived they are of like this education on, like you know, proper education on. So now they're kind of exploring different ways. Uh, you know, in regards to your sexuality and in regards to how to navigate puberty. And, like, you know, some ways there are more normal and, and in some ways there are more, like, unconventional. And some ways there are more fucked up than others. Um, really fucked up. Um, so I believe the series is ending... Yeah, it's ending next week. Um, it actually covers most of the manga, I, from what I understand. So I'm curious to see how, like, the ending will pan out because I think the last volume literally 
last chapter literally came out today. But, you know, it's the same writer between the manga and anime, you know, Mario Koda, who's a known industry name for, like, a lot of good Hell work. Yeah. So maybe she, So maybe there is, like, insight where the anime ending will actually be the manga ending. Who that would knows? Be, that would be strange since it's only 12 episodes and the manga's ending this yeah. month. Yeah. I mean, some people said, like, it, it's compressed enough where, like, they probably skipped a lot of, like in between stuff mm-hmm. where it's just their school life and not, you know the anime de- the, the anime definitely feels like oh like what episode the next there is like some like crazy large like development and like an ongoing you know an ongoing like plot th- thread you know versus like oh in between there was like oh it's just focusing mm-hmm. on the normal school that you know there was there wasn't any of that i maybe the manga is more like that i mean i'm curious it's it is coming out in english so that's exciting i'll probably get into that um but no, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, this is gonna be a hard topic to talk about. You know, just just a forewarning, so you can skip like these minutes I'm talking. Maybe for anyone who might find us hard. But like, uh, yeah, essentially, it, it got it got really darker. So again, just to illustrate like um, how like how I think sensitive the series um, and how like wonderful the series portrays like you know like hardships that go, go on with adolescence you know like a lot of series i feel like you know even like you know even american series like you know or canadian i don't know what western produced series in general like you know that focus on like young adolescent characters and like oh look at these teenagers they're you know parents watch out they're doing like some fucked up shit be careful you know it's like it's like really exploitive that you know and like i get what they're trying to do but i feel like they still convey these things in a ways that are very exaggerated and bring paranoia as to what teenagers actually do mm-hmm. and i think this series does a good job of being sensitive and very grounded in the topics it explores so for instance like one of the characters she unfortunately reveals that she had to deal with like she had to deal with like um this isn't this is a recent episode like well not recent but because I actually did catch up, I'm probably near the last episode when it's coming up. But one of the characters eventually reveals that, unfortunately, yeah, she's been she was a subject of like being groomed by like a her like theater teacher, her ballet teacher, and, yeah. Which, yeah, her ballet teacher, yeah, as a child, and like like and now everything makes sense. It's unfortunately why she kind of is the way she is and does like you know makes some unfortunately unsavory decisions about things. And, like, some of the stuff that accumulates in the story. And, you know, it, and, like, there's this whole thing now where, like, you know, if, you know, look back on some references she made, it's like, oh, wow, unfortunately, yeah, it's because she she has to deal with that thing haunting her. And, like, it really ingrained in her, like, these horrible, unhealthy and, un, you know, bad ideas, like, what romance is, what love is. And um, she, she unfortunately has this belief where, like, you know, like, having sex would put, you know, like, bring value to her. You know, that's essentially what it is. Like, she feels like that's something that's necessary to uphold, like, her value as a person. And it's, like, upsetting. And, like, the man's still around in the series, you know? And it's, like, an interesting thing where that thing is literally physically and emotionally haunting her. And it's, 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 it's really nice to see how, like, her character grows and how everyone else grows. And, like, I think the series does a good job of, like, having these very serious stories interjected with other stories that are not as heavy and like they all connect still in a way because they're all within the same friend group another girl she basically you know she was like presented as like a stereotypical kind of like bookwormy type of character a kind of perfectionist she's very cold and like shuns a lot of things that are like you know quote-unquote distracting her from like school etc but then she comes to finally meet this boy 
where he seems to be genuinely interested in her. He's genuinely kind to her, and she's often shuns people off because they really, she's afraid of people bullying her, and she she's just convinced and in denial of her that this guy is just here to make fun of me. And eventually, she changes like her appearance, you know, you know, changes a little bit, and um, you know, more and more people start noticing it, and she she realizes she's, she she soon comes to realize, you know, despite putting like all this shit on this guy, like, oh yeah, can you you better write me an essay to tell me how you feel about me, etc. And he literally does it. He literally does it. Like, whoa. Um, and. She he she realizes this guy genuinely likes her, and she, this is like the first time she realizes you know not everyone's out to get her. She comes to terms with like some one person, one character who bullied her, and realizes oh yeah, because just because this girl has like an active sex life doesn't mean she's a bad person. You know this is her own way of like you know it's it's a very like like she yeah and this character you know changes because of that. She realizes you know this is not a bad thing to have sexual feelings or have romantic feelings. This is not getting in the way of my, like, school, etc. You know, people have different lives, and I shouldn't be judgmental of that, you know, in spite of the fact that, you know, she probably drew these conclusions, unfortunately, because she was made fun of, etc. Um, and, like, at some point, like, her um, parents found out she's dating, and, like, that's, like, a no-no, and, like, she gets in trouble for it. So, like, that definitely also, like, gives insight into why she probably is the way she was, too. Like, yeah, I think how... I think how these different stories are handled in this series is very well done and very thoughtful. Um, and I'm looking forward to see how it um, concludes because it ended on a very wild note. So the last episode um, kind of did stir up some like weird reactions for some people because it is kind of very totally different for how series serious and like very collected the series was essentially. Um, yeah, someone. Yeah, someone at the school got pregnant. You know, and that happened. And like again, we have to be mindful that this is Japan. This is not America. But we have to also be mindful that some schools in America would do this. You know, like normally, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to announce private information like that. Like basically, the teacher announced that. And like, oh shoot. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's illegal here. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a school by school thing. Um, yeah, and then uh, and then some other instances of like other things happen where it led the school to be like um you guys can't date anymore essentially and like it skyrocketed the main girls to hold a protest and they basically like are holding their teacher hostage as of last episode like over the rooftop and like now it's like oh the key visual makes sense they're like on a rooftop holding like a mega mm-hmm. i don't know it's 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 cool it kind of like it, it's like what is going on but i'm into it you know some people are like what like this is kind of like silly for like how the sh- rest of the series is like a very like interpersonal drama but now yeah but as of last episode we're gonna i'm gonna curious to see where it concludes as of last episode the girls are holding like a protest holding one of her teachers hostage because the school is being very invasive about their dating lives and wants to have a policy over it essentially mm-hmm. so like like and and so i'm gonna connect this with given in that like given i feel like is another series that's doing a good job of like portraying just portraying just realistic teenagers and like how do they deal with that stuff so you know Omaidens in your savage season is very focused on like sexuality and like dating and romance and how to cope with like you know period given though doesn't do that given's not focused on that now given's premise is about like yeah guys in a band but it does have that stuff in the backdrop and i think how it handles that in ways um also i think is very tasteful and i you know and to bring up the fact that it's a very it's a, it's a gay focus like series. It's explicitly a gay focus series. It, it it handles it in ways that is not pandering to like a fan servicey gaze. I I think it's I think it's done really mm-hmm. well. Um, it's more slow paced. It's a very slow paced series. So 
again, it's just it's just a straightforward like grounded drama about guys in a band. And what's cool about like Given too is that I think it's also doing a good job of um, you know to harken back to Karen Tuesday. It's also doing a good job of like portraying like aspects of how music making works and music industry to an extent in a very accurate way. You know, again, this is though coming from someone who doesn't make music, you know, or produce music. It seems to me like it's very thoughtful and like how it portrays the act of music playing and how um, how that whole how, how that whole stuff works. Because you know, the, basically, you know, there's there's really no real plot in Given. There's really really no real conflicts in Given aside from the fact that um, you know it's just they're in the band and it's just their escapades in terms of like, oh yeah, how can they. How, how like like you know what what are what are going to be now like the inner character conflicts that are cut up um, in the band because now we're all together in a group so like you know the one of the main characters essentially like he has a trouble opening up because he, uh, he his wife you know like he had he had this he has this like heavy weight on him he has this heavy baggage on him because of like a past boyfriend and another character who like realizes he has a crush on him who also is a guy. Um, you know, he's trying to like figure out how he can open it up, etc. It's like it's a lot more to do with like interpersonal drama with the fact that they're in a band together and them being in a band together kind of like offset all these ideas of like how they feel about each other, etc. And how all these other characters interact, and that's pretty cool. Um, again, like similar to Carol on Tuesday, I think it does a good job of like focusing. In fact, like each episode's named after a rock song, and Carol on Tuesday, each song, I mean, each episode's named after like an iconic song. Um, and they actually do go along with the themes of each episode. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like it's, it's like oh, I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm grateful. Like series like these like exist once in a while. You know, in the midst of like, in the midst of something fucked up like the Island Girl anime. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, why? Are, I mean, again, I I don't know if I can respect it, but I I respect the idea that it's committing to being especially fucked up because I don't think it wants to pander to like. But it probably still is. Like it doesn't. Want, I think. It, I think it's kind of. Tr- it's. It sounds like that series is, wants to troll people. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if people still get weird impressions of it. So I respect that. But I don't know if I can respect it as a whole. But yeah, once in a while, in the lieu of like crazy stuff like that, it's nice to finally see like series that subvert the expectations of what an anime does based in a high school. Because you know we we <laughs> we we need. I think we need. Like it's it's nice to simmer down, and especially for Given, I think like it's nice to see like a boys' love, um, theme series like you know exist where it's like okay, this is pretty subdued. Like you know, it, like you have the two kinds of like ser- boys' love or gay theme series where they're either like oh, this is just porn, this is just bad porn, or it's like too over dramatic, and we're gonna have like tragedy for the sake of like gay tra- you know that's like a big issue you know like like oh we gotta we always gotta make like a, a gay focused thing be tragic because we can't have happy endings for gay you know like that's such a big problem too like those are the two sides of the spectrum and it's nice to see something like given where it's neither of those things and it's just like a normal series that happens to have a lot of characters that are gay in it and like thank you <laughs> like we don't need that so yeah so it's cool that there's like a lot of solid titles honestly this season so far for me, at least, like I, I've been really liking like what I've been watching. All right. Well, folks, I feel like it's all been leading up to this. <laughs> Do we need to play the the, the, the song? The song? Like, oh yeah. I mean, we were. T- I don't know a I don't song. Know. I'm not gonna play a song. A, a, f- a fanfare. Okay. 
the Victory Road three. Uh, that, that song whips yeah. ass. Um, no, it's mm-hmm. it's time <laughs> to talk about. It's time. The Pokemon like anime. <laughs> it's time. So it's we all know already. It's not any kind of surprise. They, <laughs> it was all of. No one tried. No Nobody one tried to withhold it. So I guess real quick, I'll just say the episode. We got to talk about both episodes here, folks. So, they had the episode of, um, I don't even remember. You, you know what? I just realized I don't remember what happened. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. It's not so much. an episode anyway. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so like sitting much. there like, wait, what did happen? What? <laughs> huh? All right. I don't know. It's, it's a wild. So... Yeah, I'm. I'll. I'm gonna. Lo- I'm gonna look it up. Don't worry. We'll. We'll see what it is. I'm. I'm looking it up right now. Um. All right. Yeah. It was the two finals. It was the two episodes that had the finals. That's what it was. So. Yeah. Yeah. The full battle. That's what we got to go for. The full battle. So it starts off. The episode starts off with Ash's mom and Professor Oak and the Mister Mime, his, his new dad. They show up in Alola, and they're like, "Oh, Ash, congratulations for being the the, the the one of the finalists." And all of a sudden, Meltan like just like appear. Well, Ash's Meltan like hangs out for a second, and all the other Meltan all like gather around Ash's Meltan, and they all fuse together and turn into Melmetal, and it's completely just like random, you know, like there's it just happens. Um. And that's just kind of that. So then the match starts. The, the Ash versus Gladion. It like skips to the next day, and then the match starts. Starts off with uh, Savali versus Melmetal, and it is over in a second. Like it's nothing. Um, the uh, the the Savali beats the hell out of um, out of Melmetal. It it does take too long though because oh my god they showed the same animation of Melmetal using its signature double iron bash move like six times in a row and it made me want to die. I was just sitting there and it, it 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 seriously happened six times in a row. They showed the the full animation and it wasn't just like a little like oh here it is swinging around like there's this full animation of it like flexing and getting ready to swing around and then starting to swing and it did that <laughs> six fucking times i was going ballistic just sitting there like i swear to god i will i will punch a hole through my computer if they show that again and luckily they didn't can't believe meltan just did that move six times that's all it did that's all it did so then savali just beats its ass it just it wins um so then uh, ash sends out pikachu um, it, that, that is also a pretty quick fight because Savali is, like, tired, and also Pikachu does a thing where, um, it shoots out its electroweb, and then it, like, bounces off of it. Like, it shoots it behind Savali, and Savali's like, heh, you didn't hit me, but Pikachu bounces off of it and then hits him, you know, that whole, that whole shtick. Um, so then, uh, Gladion sends out his Lycanroc. And Lycanroc uses Night Daze, which is a move that Lycanroc can't learn. And everyone's like, wait, what the hell? Why Why is it using Night Daze? So then Pikachu uses Thundershock, and it drops its disguise, and it turns out that it's Zoroark. So if you, if you don't know Zoroark, uh, Zoroark's, uh, like, th- 
like gimmick is that it's it's not really ditto you know how like ditto can transform into anything um all it does is that it takes the form of one of the pokemon in your party so it it's just to kind of like mix up your opponents so they don't expect you know because it, it'll have a different type and all that it's not really that useful it's just kind of a weird gimmick um but so yeah so then it drops the disguise in his zorark and that's where the episode ends it's it's it felt like it kind of just blew by um so then finally the next episode uh the episode that everyone's flipping out about um starts off pretty much immediately just going straight to uh pikachu continuing to fight zorark um they both use their z moves on each other uh zorark's uh z move is like the dark uh, the the ghost one it's the ghost one um and it just shows like a bunch like it, it, the ghost one is like all like the grabbing hands from the floor and they're like trying to grab pikachu um but pikachu uses the normal type z move which is really weird uh it just uses like super quick attack and then just runs through the hands and then they both knock each other out at the same time so th- all that's left is gladion has his lichen rock which uh is the um it's the which the 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 dawn no the dawn form is the it's the dusk form ashes is the dusk form and then gladion's is midnight form yeah midnight form is the like one that looks like iori and then dusk form is ashes so they just have their lichen rocks and pretty much the entire fight Gladion's Lycanroc is whipping Ash's Lycanroc's ass. Like, uh, Gladion's Lycanroc knows counter. And pretty much every time that Ash's Lycanroc does a move, uh, Gladion's counters it. And it just goes on like that for a while. And there's a little bit of back and forth. A little tiny bit, but not a lot. It's mostly Gladion's Lycanroc kicking ass. So right at the end, finally, Ash's Lycanroc goes for a move... Gladions counters it, and like as he's like uppercutting, Ash just goes counter his counter, which is completely impossible oh <laughs> in in the sense of the games. You can't use counter on counter. <laughs> and Lycanroc, Ash's Lycanroc just like flips around and smacks Gladions upside the head with like his hair, and that flings him back and knocks him out. So Ash, finally, finally, after all of these years, after 20-something years, won a Pokemon League. He finally won a league. Like, there, there, were, nice. there were some times in the past where he won things. He won the Orange Island League, which is, like, you know, not fully official. And then he won mm-hmm. the, like, Battle Frontier, I think, or something like that. Or maybe he just won, he beat one of the, like, Frontier leaders or something. I don't remember. But this is the first time that he has won an officially sanctioned, full-on Pokemon League. Um, and, yeah, a lot of people are pretty excited about that. Um, they pretty much immediately, uh, as soon after that happens, uh, Guzzlord shows up. Guzzlord drops out of the Ultra Wormhole. Uh, if you remember, there was an episode a while ago where uh, Ash got gets randomly teleported into another dimension, 
and it's like an alternate yeah. version of Alola where Guzzlord showed up and basically just like destroyed the entire island, like just like made it uninhabitable. And so I guess this is happening in this dimension. And it's, you know, they're just going to, like, close out the season by having everyone beat Guzzlord. But the weird thing is, is I think, like, there's two Guzzlord somehow? Because they show the regular Guzzlord. Like, the regular Guzzlord shows up. But in the, like, next time on segment, there's a shiny Guzzlord there. So... I don't know what they're doing. I like if they're gonna be like, oh shit, there's two of them. Like what? What the fuck? I don't know. There was some other bits where like Team Rocket has like this super powerful robot that they were gonna use to steal all the Pokemon. But I'm gonna guess they're gonna use that to fight Guzzlord. Which honestly, that sounds pretty cool. Um, Hell yeah! I am completely down for Team Rocket doing some like savior mech shit, especially because there's probably gonna be a bunch, a bunch of really dumb Gundam references. Or, like, Gao Gaigar or something. I bet there's going to be some real good references there. Because they always do that with Team Rocket's uh, mechs. I don't know. It's it's That might be interesting. We'll see. But I... I, I, I th- this might make me sound like a bastard uh, that is, you know, ruining everyone's fun. But I thought that last match was real dumb. I, th- I just really hate how ash battles in this show pretty much all around like i think it's really dumb that he only ever really wins on like anime bullshit technicalities instead of like actual skill because there's a bunch of other characters in that show that do have the skill and they do well but they never actually win stuff because ash has to get ahead with his anime bullshit and it's just really weird that they do that i don't know like, I know that it's, you know, like, they should mess around with it. They should do different stuff. And they should, you know, it shouldn't just be, you know, use tackle, dodge. Like, obviously, it shouldn't just be that. But I just feel like they do some weird shit. It, like, having him finally win a championship by countering a counter with its hair. It seems... Yeah, that seems mm-hmm. over the top, at least. Yeah. So, you know, I, people might disagree with me. Y'all listening might be like, John's a fucking bastard. Listen to this dick complaining about Pokemon. You know what? I'll live with it. You can talk shit all you want. That's fine. But, um, so since Ash has finally won a championship, I'm going to say my prediction. Are you ready for my prediction? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to put, I'm going to lay these cards on the table and we'll see. So. <laughs> the show is ending pretty soon. There is like maybe another month or so left until Sword and Shield come out. And they usually start the new season like right when the next game comes out. So, my prediction because they have not gone into detail about Moan, they have not gone into detail about Lily's Magirna. I predict that they are going to retire Ash. And I think Damn. And I think Lily is going to be the main character of the next season. You know what? Hell yeah. I think she's going to go to Galar to try to figure out something about Magirna, and that is going to be that. I think that is going to be the thrust of the next season. I think that would get me to watch a Pokemon anime if Lily were the protagonist. I think a lot of people would. Like They have been teasing that the next season is going to be a big upheaval. Of some sort. They said it's going to be some kind of new, like, 
like everyone's like oh it's gonna be a reboot it's gonna be a reboot i don't think it's gonna be a reboot i think it's just going to be lily that's my prediction so we'll see how it goes if it's ash again you know i won't be surprised but he won a championship i think his character arc is done you know i know i know it's been 20 something years but mm -hmm. exactly it's done Mm-hmm. It's probably because it's been 20 years and he's finally won the championship that they'll probably just retire him as a mm-hmm. protagonist. Yeah, I think with Lily, because it would especially be interesting too because I think like she's not a battler. So I think it would be really interesting to have that that first bit of the next season be about her like going into this new world, not being in, like incredibly talented at battling as immediately like showing her growing and meeting people like that would be really really interesting and just having her like struggle but also overcome those struggles that would be really great but also that does seem a bit too like asking for too much from the pokemon anime but we'll see we'll see we're only a few a few weeks away from sword and shield um I know that's th- that's crazy, me saying that, but it's 100% true. We are coming God, closer yeah. and closer to Pokemon Sword and Shield coming out. So I am pretty stoked about that, and I'm pretty stoked to see what goes on with the rest of the Pokemon anime. Uh, do, do any of you have any have anything to say about Ash winning the championship? I mean, I'm just glad the kid persevered so much. So yeah. long. Like will the the de aging thing now be like like will that unfortunately now have him catch up in age? Yeah, that can be fucked up. So next se- next season, <laughs> Lily's gonna go on her adventure and she's gonna come back and she's still gonna be ten or whatever. But Ash is gonna be in his thirties and mm-hmm. he's gonna be like, oh hey, Lily, it's <laughs> it's been a year since I saw you. Wow. Huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah and i brought this up to you because they there this was mentioned a couple of times i don't know which writer said this this was definitely said on record they were always like you know and when they were prodded by it they were, they were like oh yeah at some point we are gonna like explore ash's father when it's ready to quote unquote because people have been wondering about it that's like a huge like thing and they they still haven't done that. I don't I don't think they are. They probably just forgot about it. You know, it's it's like oh he just doesn't no. have a dad or his dad is like just MIA. Like I I, I mean like I I feel bad that I hold, held him to a standard where it probably was low anyway. No, but they, they probably never <laughs> like will. it's just uh, they never will. It's just gonna be a weird yeah. thing. You know, and again, it's just it's just a thing where it's like. It's just it's just a thing where it's like okay yeah it's like whatever he has no dad like it could be a bad reason mm-hmm. it could be a good reason it shouldn't matter but it's such a glaring yeah thing I feel like as a main character and especially since families are really explored a lot in in this franchise mm-hmm. as a whole you know not even just speaking on anime families are like a big deal like and explored in the series so it's weird that like there isn't at least some you know one sentence like you know just one sentence saying like oh yeah he doesn't have a dad because x reason you know i don't know but yeah that is those are my uh hardcore fucked up opinions about the pokemon anime uh let's move on to <laughs> yeah they, they literally have said nothing yeah. though so it, i i, I anything could happen anything well, yeah, might be a surprise i think they said what... that 
they will announce what's going to happen by the time we do another episode. I think they will have announced it. So, mm, yeah. Okay. We will find out. We will find out more. Clearly his dad has the shiny Guzzlord, and that's why it's there. Oh, fuck. That would be... That's going to be the big <laughs> twist. That would be fucking crazy. I would flip out. <laughs> <laughs> I would go into the Chuchigatri uh, chat and I would just be like, y'all, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to questions. Uh, yeah. If you want to send in a question, go to videogamechuchu.thumbo.com slash ask. Gregory Zero asks, hey, what the heck is up with the Accelerator show? <laughs> Great question. Why does it care so much about characters that aren't Accelerator? And what is up with showing at least one character in only their underwear once per episode? <laughs> oh. Uh, I mean, maybe we could save this for when Rose is on again, because, you know, she could talk about this, but, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. One one character per in their underwear per, Are they, like, are they doing each character? Is quality, there, like, a fair yeah. treatment? <laughs> what the fuck? We gotta know. <laughs> Something we for gotta everyone. Know. We gotta know what everyone wow. looks like in their underwear, you know? Maybe it's, like, what? some kind of, like, mm-hmm. cosplay thing where they're like, hey, you know, this is what their underwear looks like, so you have to wear it underneath the rest uh-huh. of the cosplay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That'll be the final that, shot yeah. of the Accelerator anime is him in his underwear. <laughs> Or just yes. like ev- ev- he finally everyone shows in their up. underwear, and then they all, they, <laughs> they all just go, hey, everyone, it's okay. We love our bodies. You should, too. And then they just, like, wink. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just from what Rose said, that just sounds like a really strange, weirdly paced show. Uh, and then finally, to wrap this up, Harlequin Wheels asks... What is your favorite tournament arc in an anime, and how far did your fave get? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Oh, that is a great... Um, I don't think I've watched watches. I don't think I've watched a lot of series that does that. Right? I like. I can only think of like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, but I don't. I don't think I really have a lot of attachment or cared, to be honest, <laughs> about how those turned out. Because, um, like you were even talking about, a lot of these tournament arcs are are prescripted, so it's just what, like, what do I, what, do, what are the stakes? <laughs> I, I things will just happen because of a plot reason, you know. It's like, well, um, try and think though. But otherwise, I don't think I. There was a tournament arc in My Hero Academia that I really liked. You're it was right. like the You're only right. tournament arc I can remember liking. Uh-huh. Uh, my You're right. Yeah, it actually had interesting yeah. matchups. My fave yeah. didn't get far because they did him dirty. It was the guy who can control other people's minds. And, uh, mm, and oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the anime just painted him as the bad guy, even though he's really not. Well, I mean, they didn't paint him as a bad guy per se, but it was clear he was never going to win compared to uh, Deku. So, mm-hmm. of course, I feel that a uh, rub. In Naruto, like, people just died. So it kind of was like, what? <laughs> people died, like, during the exam? And, like, okay. You know, and, it's, and again, it's funny when people joke about Boruto. Boruto. B- bolt when people joke <laughs> i can't i can't when people joke about that series because you know that yeah it's like a weird optimistic 
you know, aftermath of the series, which is kind of like a nice thing. You know, it's like an epilogue series. You know, there's still like stuff going on, but it's generally like weird how like this is like the peace times, you know, reaction to Naruto where people just fu- students fucking died. Like what? This is okay. <laughs> so it didn't matter it didn't ma- i don't know it didn't matter <laughs> i don't know like yeah I, I i don't know i feel like a lot of tournament arcs things didn't really matter anyway well okay um dragon ball you're right dragon ball i have to think now though but uh, let me think about my answer um i mean really the most interesting arcs was when um tournament arc was the uh, the first the first time we see the world tournament in the series as a whole because it was such a new concept mm-hmm. and like there actually were like you know, there was unpredictability about it, right? Um, you know, what's his name? When Mas- you know, like, Roshi was in the disgu- his disguise thing, mm-hmm. and, like, it was just like, a, it's like, who is that? And no one knows, and it was just really fun. I don't know, just because also, like, the, the more more comedic a take on it. You know, and, like, a lot of those minor supporting characters were just, a lot of those minor supporting characters were just, like, very, um, very interesting, too. I would say the most though interesting arc um in dragon ball what was the name i'm trying to think of it um i think it was it was entering the majin buu i think arc i believe that world tour yes okay yeah i think it was entering the majin buu exit i don't remember it's too yeah many yeah things. that, that, that other things. world martial arts tournament the one, was like you know all the end or yeah videl enters yeah. it and that was that was a very yeah that that one was very interesting that was cool like it was really brutal you know videl gets the shit being out but that was such a cool arc you know coming from the salmon you know transitioning from the same arc into that because that was i think that was the most interesting one i think since my like since like the original like i feel like tournament where um this you know like things got more interesting and it wasn't just like about um you know everyone's like overpowered so like what's the point really and like like i love the whole joke where the host was like you know uh, like for a while the z fighters weren't like in the tournament or whatever and there was like a whole joke where he made um about like you know like you guys really made the thing you know made these things super interesting now it's all just like boring like average fighters <laughs> like you know joining in on sarah so that was just a cute thing um yeah i thought that one, one was interesting um but I think, though, yeah, I'm really torn here. I'm giving multiple answers. This is not great. <laughs> no, actually, yes. The moment you have the time skip when Goku is finally an adult and Bulma meets him for the first time, I was like, who the fuck is this? It's like, oh, it's Goku. That was mm-hmm. cool. That was interesting. That was cool now. That was a cool transition after, like, Goku is, like, from, you know, from his child self in the original series. And then, like, you know, it had, like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it was, like, a new and exciting thing to see, like where that was going and i think that's like his first like big showdown with you know piccolo's original form and that was kind of cool to see um I, i'm just saying this in terms of like interesting tournament arcs though i don't think really there was me painting like a character i was hoping to win or anything uh i i guess i i should just at least give a shout out to you show gotta give that yeah, shout out yeah. to the dark tournament i mean that's that's all i really gotta say i'm just gonna say you show's great <laughs> just leave it at that mm-hmm uh, but that should be it for this episode of the show. Um, let's see here. Uh, of course, if you want to hear these episodes nice and early, uh, I mean, there's a chance that you're listening to it on our Patreon, patreon.com slash VGCC. But if you aren't, consider going there and giving us three bucks a month. If you do that, you get access to this. You get access to Rose and I's Spyro Let's Play a whole week early. 
or even two weeks, I think. Yeah, two weeks early. We're doing that, I guess, two weeks. I don't know. we got to figure that out. Um, also, we have a new show, which is the uh, the Starlight Car. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fucking sorry. I can't believe that I'm being a bastard and I'm forgetting things that are, are, are our, our fucking shows. Um, yeah, I got to be better at that. I'm sorry. Uh, but no, we have a new... In- yeah, it's the Starlight Car. I was right. Yeah, it's a brand new interview show where we sit down with someone from the games industry for like an hour and talk to them and it's a real fun time scott did the first episode he talked to alec robbins who made heartbreak high it's a real interesting time you should go check it out it's just three dollars a month to get in on that and of course uh i I get to pick the anime this time not you all you all have to wait it's my turn so this time I picked Flying Witch. Figured we'd probably need a nice little break after how heavy uh, Erased was. You know, Erased was good, but it was also uh, fucked up. So, <laughs> we're going to watch Flying Witch. It's going to be a nice chill time. And that should do it. Uh, is there anything else y'all uh, want to shout out? Shout out to your camp still being the comfiest show alive. Yeah, shiny days. <laughs> oh, and of course, at VG Choo Choo mm-hmm. is our Twitter. VGamChooChoo.tumblr.com is our Tumblr. And come hang out with us in the GameZone.zone. There's a lot of fun, nice people there. You can talk about anime. You can talk about games. You can talk about TV shows. You can talk about wrestling, even, if you're into that shit. I shouldn't be like that. But I'm going to be like that anyway. But thank you very much for listening, and we will be back in two weeks with another non-focused episode of Choose You Got Turn Limited Trainworks. Thank you. Mm-hmm.